0: Thank yeah. Welcome back to the Diaries of the Wild Ones. Now, for this episode, I originally had a promotional clip for Wild Earth Australia promoting them. But then I I re-listened to this episode and realized this is a bit of a Naughty Boy episode. Um, It has a lot of drug references because the story in it, the travel story, is based around um, drugs and drug trafficking. And there's a lot of swearing. And so I thought, because I have their best interests at heart because they're such an amazing company and look after me, that I'm going to do this episode sponsor-free. So, um, yeah, just sit back and enjoy. So I've talked about this on podcast before about adding meaning to your travels. This girl has done just that. Meet Jessica Pritchard, a.k.a. Bondi Bin Chicken. She is a girl on a mission using her passion for conservation to enhance her travel experience, traveling around Australia, doing a beach cleanup and spreading awareness on what she believes in. And I'm so thankful for people like her. And this is also what I love about this podcast. It's a way for me to meet so many cool and inspiring people. And I was lucky enough to have Jess stop by at my place in Crescent Head on a way through and go on some adventures with me and record a podcast. Now, this episode is awesome. We have a nice conversation about what Jess is about. And then Jess decides to interview me and we get into some really wild story time. And I end up telling her about the time I was drugged in Thailand by some South African drug. Traffickers. Enjoy, guys. But
1: that's right.
0: You can still hear them? I don't Ambiance. know. It's like the ambience in the cave. Can you just hear the ocean in the background through the cave?
1: Oh, just like the tiniest little bit.
0: Yeah, well, welcome to the cave of wonders. You can
1: probably hear a mouse fart in here, to be <laughs> Like so if you so do then, <laughs>
0: you, so don't don't during the recording because <laughs> it'll pick up. <laughs> You've been eating beans?
1: No, and <laughs> no, banana pancakes actually. Oh hell yeah, is that? They were honestly, I've never had banana pancakes before in my life. Um, let me tell you, they were, um... <laughs>
0: I've been making them every something day because they're so filling. They're, like, do you they reckon they do these that, guys made pudding. banana
1: pancakes? No. No, there's eggs.
0: Eggs, the eggs that are next to the fire. Should, okay.
1: should we describe where we are? Okay, should we, actually, let's talk about our day, first of all, that needs to get out of the way, like... Right, I go for it. Well, you're like the face of adventure. Actually, yes, I was <laughs> sponsored by this, like, looking, the man of, what, 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 what is it? Wild Earth. Well, Australia. that's the one.
0: <laughs> yeah, Wild Earth. You're Australia. like, the,
1: yeah, the face of adventure, and then, like, I rock up, and it's like, this massive thunderstorm rolls through, it's just about to bucket down, I have all my stuff there, you like... Skids into the car park, picks me up. Um, there's a storm and coming. And then you love, just get in. <laughs> get in. I was, you were like, do you want a beer? And I was like, fuck yeah. And I was like, do you want a joint? And you're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and then it just pisses down, and there's like lightning only like a <laughs> kilometre away from us. It was, it was nice. It was a good start to well, the adventure. What this actually,
0: what this actually <clears throat> is, it's um, it's like. Literally using your job or what you're doing, like showing who you are. So yep. you're traveling around Australia doing something you're passionate about. and That's a beach cleanup, right? And you're, yep. you're cleaning all this garbage mm-hmm. and you're doing it through your social media. Mm-hmm. And everyone's kind of seeing this and seeing this passion that you have. And through that, you're being able to network and that's true, yeah. meet all these people. It's like you reached Maybe out to me when you were in Western we Australia. Met.
1: Yeah. yeah, okay. I did. T- yeah, that that's the- probably a good place to start. Okay, start. Yeah, <laughs> we just you- dive right into this. Yeah, stories. that was really nice that
0: you told me that yesterday.
1: <clears> no, so um, I met these two girls whilst um, getting a wave in Ocean Beach, mm, Albany. No, before Albany, Den- Denmark, Denmark, and we were talking about podcasts and they were really nice girls. And they like told me about this podcast. Um, uh, this Aboriginal woman who knows about all the different native plants and what they can do and like I told you one like one of these plants apparently can shave your legs I was oh, like never need a razor again yeah. anyway so I listened to that and then sent me another one and it was still stoked from you and I listened to it and I was like I'm in my caravan and like so about half an hour again. in ha- about half an hour into, still stoked and I was talking about everything that I have ever been about I just related to in one podcast and I was like For off, so I listened to like ten more that day of diaries of the wild ones. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, and then yeah, oh, like thank you. It got me through Western Australia. Like, yeah, I burned through them on the road. It's just like I've never listened to a podcast before, like before Western Australia, because you kind of just don't have time when you're working full time and you got all this shit on. So, like, this is the first time I've ever listened to a podcast, and then this is the one that I was, I was like, I had to tell you. I was like, dude, like I need to tell you that this is the most authentic content i've ever heard and i'm just in western australia it's this magical side of the world and like every every single episode i just like bam another really good point bam another like it was yeah like i said froth and then i reached out to you just before um, i'm gonna say coralish bay coral bay-ish somewhere up Northish, I was like I just sent you this essay and I was like I right. yeah literally exactly what I just said and you were like oh my god girl hey what up oh my god like that's the <laughs> so best I thing ever that. you did you were like oh my god hey <laughs> girl man I get a lot
0: of <laughs> can- really nice I get a lot of really nice emails about this um mm. podcast and this is the actual thing I say at the end of it hey if you got a good story or if you know of anyone like reach out to me and that is how I find stories. So you reached out to me and you told me what you are doing. Like, yeah. So you're traveling around Australia. What What are you doing?
1: Well, like, you commented on one of my photos and you were like, oh, thank you for doing what you do. Um, and I was like, no, thank you for doing what you do. Because you, you like put it out there that what, you know, because like, Instagram is an interesting place, obviously. That's a whole other... Um, story in itself that i told you last night like as to how i got to that point but like once again i think you were talking yesterday a lot about fate and this is how we got here and i messaged you and you were like "Come down like if it happens it happens if it doesn't and it literally worked out perfectly the bus like my nimbin tour just like yeah and then i got off the off the uh bus and then you scooted into the thing and it was like get in loser we're going podcasting <laughs> Come and tell me a story. Well, and a, then we got really high. Yeah. And that was that was the day. Well, this is, like, this is
0: actually pretty funny because like <laughs> you, I picked you up, and you're like, yeah, and I, you know you'd come from Nimbin, and you're like, I bought you a present from Nimbin. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> we, we
1: couldn't go. fucking find it. I sh- I shat myself too. I was like, "Where is this fucking joint?" Because I pulled out this like. Uh, okay, maybe I shouldn't talk about the straws because it's like a really nice company. I don't think they'd be appreciating mm. me putting joints inside of their straw of their <laughs> sustainable straws.
0: Yeah. Hey, let's <clears throat> let's let's get into it. Let's okay. get into um. All
1: right. What do you want to know?
0: Um, let's get into why you decided to do this trip that you're doing.
1: Okay, and then we should, we'll get on to the other story later. Okay, so I I really have to set up the context behind it because. Um, I think still stoked the podcast that you did started and to relate with me so deeply because you guys are talking about um, social media and what you have to do on social media in order to get the attention that you want, whether it's your business, whether it's yourself, whether it's whoever. Um, and so that started off when, for most girls, I'm going to say it starts when you're really young. And it started for me when I was really young because the first photo I ever got like cracked 100 likes was my body. And I was like, you just, you realised really quickly, like, oh, that's that's how I'm going to get likes from now on. That's how I'm going to get followers. So you just keep doing it. And then a, a couple of years later, escalated, started doing, you know, Amateur modeling, and it just got quite toxic from there, but I had no idea because I was just stuck.
0: that is what you knew, and you're looking that's at other knew. women doing this, and it's like that's how yeah. they got po- validation so, that's I how I they got to do popularity
1: they do. That's why I started photoshopping my photos. I started you know becoming obsessed with it editing for hours and hours, just like like I worked out and I stayed fit, but like it still wasn't enough like I couldn't have a pimple like it it did really become my whole life. And you can ask any of my friends, like, wherever we go, take photos of me, take photos of me. It was, like, it was actually fucking... Like, when I look back, I'm like, oh, like, I want to gag because it's just so... I must have been so annoying and shit. But now I completely realise...
0: So you were just kind of lost in this <clears throat> false sense of re- you're kinda lost in your ego in a y- way there. It's yeah, like that's, you're lost in like cer- what you were is you weren't loving yourself enough. You're searching no, for something, no, you're searching for validation. And I think to if you love perfect, yeah. yeah. and when you just love yourself and ex- accept yourself for who you are, yeah. You're able to just be. So it's like you had this like mini awakening by getting lost in yeah, this like so
1: the, the mini awakening I, I yeah, I did tell you. So um fast forward to maybe like two two years ago um what at the time a girl was living with with me Lara um 18 German backpacking through Australia she ended up working my bar we got really really close as friends she ended up squatting on my couch and in my house for ages but I just loved it to death so I was like I'm fine with this and she's so nice anyway we were just like having a wine outside one night and I was like, oh, did you see this new photo of me? Like, it did really well. Like, did you see? And she's like, oh, I don't have Instagram. And I was like, oh, like, my world, like, just crumbled. I was like, how the fuck don't you have Instagram? Like, everyone has Instagram. How do you keep up with, how do you do? And I was, like, freaking out. She's like, she. I could see her physically shrink back into her chair. And she really didn't want to talk about it. And I was like, I knew her really well by this point. So I was like, Laura, what, like, what's going on? And she's like, look, I don't. I don't like talking about it. I haven't spoken about it in a really long time. But when I was younger, I had Instagram for a bit. I was 13, maybe 12. And I looked at all these girls, you know, girls kind of like you and didn't understand why I didn't look like that. And so I, I became anorexic and bulimic in order to keep up with those standards. And just, like her parents had to intervene. And I just... Oh.
0: oh, someone's just asking you oh sorry we're back <laughs> okay. a,
1: a, a tourist just walked past <laughs> the cave and asked us if us we'd her. seen a hat <laughs> have you seen my hat <laughs> no no no, nah, nah. she, she's fine she's That's fine a nice, she'll find that she yeah. is a nice lady <laughs> okay anyway <clears throat> oh, we're in a really good moment too
0: yeah, so, no, so okay. she was telling me oh, that okay. she was going to bulimic and like. Yeah, and I was just like, I kind
1: of. Like, my world kind of just. You know what? You know when you have those moments in your life where you can either go one way or you can go the other and you know, your morals are kind of balancing on a sword's edge and you just make a choice and you go, oh, I'm so happy that you told me that because I just completely looked at my life in a different perspective and I can no longer be a part of this um, toxic social media. So I stopped editing all my photos. Stopped um, like putting so much time into it. Instantly became way happier. Well, not instantly. I've got I've got to admit it took some time getting used to. It, but I did this big post about why I was doing it, so everyone knew why I was changing, changing things up. And it basically I can't remember the whole thing, but it was like oh, I'm you know I'm ready to be you know not afraid to post whatever I want if I'm going to have influence. Then I and I'm going to be defined by my Instagram. Then I want to be proud of what I'm posting. And it was crazy. I read that yesterday. I was I was riding on the bus, and two years later, here I am doing exactly what I set out to do—to so be proud of what we post as influencers, In influence, bad influencers. <laughs> so,
0: so, what did you decide to do instead of just showing your your body or anything? Like, how did you decide to like be a good be a good example. Be a good influencer, Be good.
1: Be a, do you ethical. ever think about like, young women as well? Like you all know, all doing this for,
0: for young women. So like, what all did you decide to do? Because in-
1: I changed the way I wrote my captions. Um, I was just brutally honest. So I was like, here's a picture of me unedited, on holiday, not giving a shit because now I don't care, and just a lot of things along the lines of that. It took a, it took a little while to get like properly where I am but I went to um I went to Asia after that and it kind of fell away but anyway um it it came back to uh that's right I told you the the whale on the beach right so this was maybe fast forward a year I'm still like kind of doing what I'm doing but a lot better um a whale washed up on a beach in Florence and Bali on the same day this is in the news um, I was living in Bondi at this point, and they both had tons and tons of plastic in their stomach. And I think I said to you earlier on the on, – on the, uh, when we were looking over at the surf, it was like, I have to be – I think I was a, a whale in a past life. Because when I read those two articles, like, something really stirred in me and like it's one of those another one of those like life moments that you kind of pause you can go this path you can go this path and it balances and if you choose one path that's where your life's going and I chose to go down to the beach that day and just fill bags full of rubbish as many as I could
0: do you want to know what's really interesting there it's like we could all have an awakening like that it's like You've suddenly become aware of this problem that's in our environment, right? Which is garbage on the beach and all that stuff. It's not just that.
1: Like, when you pull something, it's like a cupboard full of dishes. If you pull one plate, they're all going to tumble down onto you. So it's it's like, everything's like climate change, uh, fast fashion, uh, you know, plastic, reusable, and it's just like, it all just hits at once. And then you're in. You're in that community. You're in that bubble. You're in that life. And, people are attracted to you that are going to make your life better and that's when I had a really really good year after that and I started doing beach cleanups and just that became my thing and then it snowballed and companies started wanting to work with me take three for the sea I make content for them you know uh surf right at Bondi beach somehow I've ended up as the, as the president so, so of that <laughs> what, what
0: do you do like so you've started beach cleanups mm. but how did you bring it into your everyday to day life like you know what I, I mean? Like are you I just think, like oh, in the afternoon when I get home from work, I'm going to go down the beach. Or did you I be did like I'm going to go travel, or I'm going to use it as an I, adventure? Like, did you? I started
1: you- off doing it on my days off, and then um, I think I think there was a lot of time before I went on my Western Australia trip. Before that, was so about a year I was making videos with one of my best friends. Uh, he's a magician. He's called the environmentalist Adam Axford Asadadal. And um, we made a bunch of. Uh, videos for plastic free july and they did really well um we went around bundai making straws and hairbrushes uh, bamboo hairbrushes, appear out of nowhere and giving them to people on the street and it felt really good to do something different um
0: because you're spreading awareness too like that's yeah. what you're doing like you that's the those type of whales gave you you the awareness right mm. so you've seen it and now you're like it's like no you can't help
1: but care like it's yeah yeah it's like, it is like waking up in a sense. Because if you've had your eyes closed your whole life, you are essentially waking up. And it just, that's, you attract the people that you want to meet. This is why I'm here today. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about all this really cool stuff. So, um, Where did
0: the idea come from but to bring it into travel? Okay. You so, know what I mean? Like, because it's like, you, you've had a passion. You've seen something wrong. You're like, whoa, like, beaches, these whales, these animals. You're seeing, like, literally this environmental impact. Yeah. And now... You've decided to travel with meaning.
1: It's, yeah, okay, so about three months after I made those uh, videos with Adam, I started working with a lot of companies um, and I started getting heavily involved in Surfrider. Um, that's a a pretty large um, coastal protection charity that I'm involved in. It's not about surfing, it, it's just they do beach cleanups and we were every month meeting up and we were talking about how we can help Bondi, how we can help the community do beach beach cleanups. We hosted our our first beach cleanup and then I went to Western Australia. So I only got a little bit of time doing that and then somehow in Western Australia I end up as the president and I have to organise the fight for the paddle out but that's an entirely different story. The idea came from the companies that reached out to me which was Take Three for the Sea, Spooked Spooked kooks kooks what how do you how do you say kook Kooks. spook kooks recycled plastic softboard um company the the absolute legends they're from bondi they i don't think they want me to tell people that they gave them to me fuck it i love them they gave me these boards for free because they're absolute legends they're like just make content do what you do because i told them i was going to western australia on this mad self-journey trip and then to take three for the sea was like hey like do you want to make some content for us while you're there and i was like oh, okay, how What do I – I, should I just take photos of turtles? Like, no. And then I was beach cleaning maybe two or three times a week at this point and I was like, hey, I love doing this. So,
0: wait, when you're saying you're creating content, yeah. are you going – explain that. So, you're going down the beach and cleaning the beach. Wait, I'm, are you, I'm
1: feeling, filming it. I'm filming everything I did in Western Australia. I've, I've filmed it and I'm going to put it together and hopefully – I mean, if they want it, but they've already reposted some of my stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But it's like – I want to plastic picture like, how you do yeah. it as an adventure. Like. Well,
1: because I went plastic free in July, that's all I ever posted about. I was this plastic free girl. So I was like, I just rolled with it. And then I thought, you know what? I'm away for 60 days exactly. Why don't I just clean up a beach every single day um, and just see what I find? Because that's the most interesting part about it is every beach is different and you find some weird shit. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, so you make a game up out, I make, out of it. Like, I so made a game you, of you, it. Yeah, but do you make it an adventure? Do you be like, oh, today I'm oh, going to go course. to this beach and I'm going to do know, this for the day? I planned
1: it maybe half the time because of just distance, but most of the time I just cleaned up the nearest beach to me, moved on and kind of just rolled with it. But some, da- some days I would spend hours at the beach because there would literally be so much. Did you get a
0: stool back from bending over? Yeah, up man.
1: Oh, my God. So there's, uh, in Cottesloe Beach, I, had to, I was on my knees for maybe two hours. I only did 20 square metres of beach, and it was a windy, windy day. And because it was so windy, it had blown layers and layers of sand off the beach, and there was thousands upon thousands of microplastics at the back of the beach, and I just spent... I was like, I can't do this anymore. My knees are killing me. I've got to go. And I just, I filled up this whole bag. It's the biggest one in my suitcase because I'm smuggling the plastic back to Sydney like some kind of weird plastic drug dealer.
0: (laughs) Why? Just the best of the plastic?
1: (laughs) The best of the plastic, yes. Because um, I I knew I was going to do that. But then when I was there, I kind of thought, you know what? what if I want to do this for the rest of my life? Because this is like my meditation in the morning. It's like I, I can't do normal meditation. I just, I've tried it. I just don't, I don't like it. But like when you are focused on something, which is just picking something up and putting it in a bag, what else are you really thinking about? So that for me is my morning med- meditation. And it was amazing. So I brought it back to the van, sorted it, wrote down what I found. I've got it in my little journal here. <laughs> it's, um, I'll, I'll say the numbers at the back. So... This is why I like keeping a journal.
0: So, like, when you go down, when you go down on the beach in the morning,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like you're counting yeah. types of plastic.
1: Yeah, I, I filmed it on the GoPro, and it, I made a little video.
0: I kind of love how like you're traveling with yeah. meaning, and all you've yeah. done is like you've you've seen, you're using. My Yeah, you're using your agenda but to travel and have these experiences and yeah. so you're doing it with passion and like you're going and because of that, it's like look at the observation you're doing.
1: It gave me a purpose essentially, which is like, so a lot of people search for a purpose but maybe not through travel but just in life and through this idea, um, it, it has now given me a purpose. It's given me meaning which is something that I think everyone needs in their life yeah. um, so, I did 8,201 kilometers in Western Australia. And Is that walking? That's, no. <laughs> that's terror. You're confusing <laughs> confusing the podcasters. No, that's, that's, I was in a caravan. I was in the Mystery Machine. Yeah. Um, you know, the Scooby-Doo van? Yeah. Do you know what? Do you want to know something funny about that van? If you accidentally make friends with the town crazies, they know where you live. <laughs> Because your van is the mystery machine. It sticks out, it's blue and yellow, and it's just like, oh, where's Jess hiding today? Like, and that just bothered me. It was fine though, they were, they were all right. So Local's a bit strange. Okay, I'll so just. Yeah, but you're, so you're
0: in a van on the west coast of Australia. Yeah, it was sick. So you did 8,000.
1: So 8,201 kilometres. The final tally of uh, pieces of rubbish collected from Western Australia beaches in 60 days is 2,780. The statistic I told you before, and this is the one that really rocks me sometimes, is one piece of plastic can kill a thousand animals in its lifetime because it never breaks down. But animals break down and the next animal is just going to come along and eat it. And that happens for thousands so of years. fish
0: will eat a bit of microplastic. Of a tiny, fish will eat that. exactly.
1: And we eat the fish, so we're full of microplastics.
0: And then the bird eats the fish.
1: Fun fact, we consume a credit card worth of plastic every week from our water. We do. Yeah. Did you not know that? A credit card's worth of plastic every week. Yeah, that's what we were water. telling, me and Adam were telling people. And they were like, yeah, he did a little trick. It was awesome. He pulled a credit card out of people's... Anyway, um, so the so if you think about that, so we were talking about impact of one person. One person can do a lot. And so the impact of that, give or take a few thousand animals, uh, $2 million, 780,000 potential animals saved.
0: And that's because you picked up 2,780 bits of plastic over on, 2 months, yeah,
1: along the beach. So that's that's one person. Yeah. And and whenever, whenever like this is a doubt that everyone kind of gets with the this climate anxiety that everyone has now um is that I'm just me, I can't do anything. You know, I can't really make a difference. Like, what's the what's the point? And I hate hearing what's the point. I hate people going, "Why do you care?" I hate hearing that because it's like you don't understand. This is my favorite quote that I've ever heard from Instagram: "Is we don't need zero, we don't need people doing zero waste perfectly. We need billions of people doing it imperfectly." Yeah. So, you know, if you have that mindset. And you do your, you do a little extra. You save that extra water. You pick up your three pieces of rubbish. You take three for the sea. You bring your bag to the, the. If you like live as best as you can, like make make exceptions. It's hard to be perfect. Like no one can be completely zero waste, unless you're yeah. off grid like without, you. <laughs>
0: That's how society is. Yeah, but even like me being off grid, I man it's actually insane how much garbage you because you see because you have to deal with your own garbage, so yeah. it's like how much garbage you create, it's absolutely insane,
1: yeah, if you're faced with it, That's but I, I, I get
0: true. a you know you always have that like kind of mentality that people say to you, they're like. Oh, but you drive a car, you do this, and it's just like, yeah, I know, I have an impact. We're all gonna have an impact, but it's like why do yeah. I need to maximise it by just leave my garbage on the beach? You know what I mean? Why do not I just like pick it yeah, up? Just maybe and don't the, be a dick. Yeah, and just like put it in the <laughs> bin. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like we have these systems in place to help this. It's like I can do the systems that are already in place. It's like, okay, at a minimum. Yeah. Let's just do the systems that are already in place. Yeah. At a minimum. It's like, now go one step further and maybe when you're walking back from the beach and you see a bit of garbage, yeah. instead of being like, Oh, it's not my problem, someone else it actually is your problem it's all of our problem because it's like that's the reason why one person they can change so much and that's exactly what you're saying it's Mm -hmm. just like having a different mentality and just being like you know what it's okay yeah I didn't put it there but instead of being my problem it's like I can help be part of the solution you know what I mean I can just do this like little effort it's not going to take me much Just going to pick it up and like but even it just makes you feel good because you know you're doing a good thing, you know what I mean you know your heart's in the right place, and that's why I don't get it. It's just like there's a lot of people have this attitude that's just like it's just not being responsible, oh fuck it, like oh, I didn't you know like mm.
1: yeah I mean that's that's kind of what you deal with um i don't get any I don't get it really badly I don't get it like people but people do come to me yeah you and people a- message me all the time saying like oh like you know i I have because of you I've uh, gone out and I've started collecting rubbish every morning I bought I went out and I bought reusable items like I get these beautiful messages all the time from f- friends and family and people I've never met saying because of you I went out and I changed my habits and it just takes that like that warms my heart completely I love hearing that because you are making a difference that's what being it's the a responsible influencer is That's that's the ethical influencer in you you just I just love to how you have traveled
0: you've used this as a way to travel and see and see the world too it's like you're yeah. you doing something that's passionate and it's just opening up all these doors for you
1: yeah don't get me wrong I had a sick time I didn't spend the entire, entire time on nature no beaches. of course
0: not it's just like you go in the afternoons. like you do it as a it's meditation cool. my, my mate on the episode like fourteen thousand miles to Chile. It was like oh, in the afternoon one. he's doing beach cleanups while he drives rides his motorbike from Oregon yeah, so, down at Patagonia. So to Patagonia. That. But That's he just nice. in the afternoon, like having a beer and smoking a smoking a joint yeah. or something, he just it goes for so, like a bit minutes. of a walk and like man, but and just how much how aware you become of nature like when you're doing that, when you're mm. just watching the beach, watching the garbage and it's like I was collecting pomice for my garden the other night, yeah. which is a mineral that um it's really good for your soil because it slow releases water and it's got a lot of mi- minerals and aerates your soil. So I, I go collect it off the beach and it's, it'll be in like the tide mark. I'm telling everyone this. Everyone no, garden secrets. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, you go collect it. But I was doing this the other night because I was planting a whole heap of fruit trees and I was watching. And just by like picking up the pomice, I was like, all I could see was just microplastics. When you really look at that yeah. tide line, it's insane. Like when you started doing beach cleanups, did you like suddenly like start? Like, really, did noticing. You, yeah, you really, it really noticing yeah really noticing you funny
1: I did it the way I did it and I had no idea how to do beach cleanups at the at the you know beginning my first beach clear I' barely picked up anything, but then you kind of you get to know the beach the, the, all the plastics are usually at the back it's been blown up if it's a windy day it's going to be at the back if it's not a windy day and it's been raining it's going to be everywhere because the rain brings up the plastic and then if you can't find anything, just go to the water's edge where the tides come in and there's always those little bits of bark and there's usually stuff there so I actually got really good at reading beaches. And but I didn't get really good enough t- until after Albany, because I met up with a professor of plastic in um in uh, Albany University. She took me on one of her beach cleanups because she does it every month. she goes to Muttonbird Beach, she puts down a rectangle, and she collects samples from just the rectangle thirty so thirty samples, and she got me down on my hands and knees with tweezers, and she's like. To see how much you can miss if you're not looking properly and there was like there was nurdles and there was like these tiny micro i was like oh my god like i'm really like i'm def- like an inch from the sand and it's just crazy how much more and more you can see but that was a really bad beach but she she taught me like if if you're going too quickly you miss everything so i slowed down after that what, and i found why? so much more why because are
0: microplastics I- so bad
1: they're the ones that I talk. To- that's they're the ones that the fact is coming from when your microplastics. Yeah, but like as up.
0: in like they're they're in the ocean. It's they're in like the
1: ocean, so they break up into billions and billions and billions of tiny little bits, and then you drink them, and then the fish drink them, and then.
0: Oh, the fish do you eat them. The fish it, you know it like kind of looks
1: okay. This is a crazy fact. Plastic bags look
0: like jellyfish. That's why <laughs> <like> turtles <laughs> no. eat them. You know what I mean? The little microplastics. Like think about when you okay. get your fish food this and is you sprinkle so it in the water, and all well, the fish eat it. it like the microplastics yeah. look like food, so the fish
1: eat it. I um, this is a crazy fact now don't quote me on this one because it's technically not a scientific fact but she's a professor of plastic and a scientist so you can take it how she sees it she told me that the reason the microplastics are so bad and they end up in our water and they end up in us is because plastic is technically an endocrine blocker which is, it means it fucks with your hormones and in the 1950s, when plastic was invented, and there was this big plastic boom, where you know your milk crate your milk bottles would go from being glass to plastic in that 1950s time, um, sperm count in men globally in f- from 1950 to now has dropped in it by 50 percent. Is that from the leaching of
0: food?
1: That's from endocrine blockers. So that's why that works on a tiny molecular level because it's blocking your hormones and it's basically messing with fertility. Whether that's, they haven't done enough study on it because this is the first time we've ever seen the the plastic problem as what it is. You know, people weren't thinking, oh, what's this plastic going to do to me in a couple of years? Well, that's what it did. It's basically, and I'm, I'm sure there's more and more people struggling to have kids nowadays. But that's why, like, you're doing this for your future generations. Like, it. I don't know what the, the degree of truth is behind that, but one plus one equals two. You can't ignore that fact. So I think people should ta- start taking it really seriously if they want to think about future generations. If they want to have kids, they're going to continue to struggle. But obviously everything nowadays, nowadays gives you some sort of something. Yeah. But it's, it's really important to think about it like that. That plastic is literally killing us. Do you...
0: Do you feel like the weight, weight of the world's on your shoulders? Like, have you ever been to a beach in Indonesia?
1: <laughs> no, and but I've heard about this wave that you nearly died in. That's, well, I can't just, imagine just seeing so that. Much that would break gar- my heart. But,
0: like, just on the beach there in general is so much garbage that I often wonder. I used to, like, try and pick it up. Like, if I see garbage on the beach, I try and pick it up. Yeah. I remember when I first moved to in- Indonesia. Fuck, oh, it was being like, 12 years ago. And I remember, like, getting on the beach then. And this is then, not even now. Yeah. And starting to pick up garbage and like you can't stop yeah. because you're like oh my god there's, there's just everywhere and you're like oh and it's <laughs> like I had to try and put my blinkers on because there's so much garbage there mm. on the beaches that it's like you can't
1: if you, if you make it your problem it becomes your problem yeah, all the time and, it's and, just, it's, and you that's, can't that's, there it's just that's, too the overwhelming. that's where the anxiety for a lot of people come from is they see all this problem in front of them climate change plastic blah 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 and they just they freeze up and then they go I'm so anxious like what are we going to do but if you come back to that saying you know, we don't need zero waste, you know, people doing – I did, said that completely backwards. You get the point. Um, one, one person, one person's actions, it's to do with all of us. They all add up and, you yeah. know, like you if you go to Indonesia, th- there th- are really amazing companies doing a lot to clean up those beaches Wait, it's now. It's <laughs> problems
0: – Cause I know what it is in life, right? It's either having problems yeah. or having solutions. Yeah, Instead of just like just worrying about it, it's like it. you've made a game out of it. You're like, okay, right now, it's like, what can I do to be a better person? What can I do yeah. to do something's passion? What can I do? How can I do my part? You know what I mean? And it's just like doing your part, but you've made a game out of it. Like, it's fun. Yeah. It's not like, oh, no, now I've got to go do a chore. It's like, oh, hey, how's hey, like it's when funny. I travel, I'm going to love like walking down the beach in the yeah. afternoon or I love going for a bushwalk. When I do that, if I see some garbage, I'm going to pick it up. Just connect, and make connecting emission.
1: with nature. That's what, that's like in the, in the beginning, I don't think I was really connected to nature until I started learning how to surf. You stand up on, on one wave. This is about a year ago. You stand on that first wave and you're addicted and you just think, oh my God, the ocean is like life. Like if, if we don't take care of it, how is anyone going to enjoy it? No matter whether you're a surfer or a swimmer or a bodybuilder or anything. Like this is, this is, we need to protect it. Um, and that's when I, yeah, the surfing thing, that's why I moved to Bondi. And thank God I did. I listened to my guts. I was listening, li- living out in western suburbs. Something came to me. Something in my dreams or something in my gut said, Jess, you need to move to Bondi. You need to learn how to surf. And I, if I hadn't have done that, I would not be sitting here today. So yeah, yeah. that's what you are saying before about fate. Like just listen to your gut and listen to your instincts and you will find oh, your it's path.
0: A, it's you allowing yourself... Nah, it's even simpler than that <laughs> yeah. it's so simple it's like you you are just, just allowing yes. you're allowing yourself to just do what you want to do yeah, that's all you did yes. it's like so similar it's even a, a fate thing it's like there's an opportunity happens and you're like Oh, I would like to do that. I'm going to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're always getting these opportunities. People are always like offering you things, or like, yeah. I, and what I try and do now is create those opportunities. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I go like you know those random times where your car breaks down and you need mm. a lift or something. Some guy well, gives that's you a what lift. What happened
1: today? Yeah, and a guy, <laughs> and
0: you meet some cool dude or whatever. But no, go put yourself in those situations. Go hitchhike. Go put yourself in situations where you, yeah, we have these. We nearly
1: had to hitchhike today. I thought that was so funny. Down, we got down to the beach on on this. Um, dirt bike and then something clicked over and you are like oh no it's fine and then your face dropped and I was like well if his face is dropped then I know I'm fucked
0: let's start a motor <laughs> you, you're, just, a motorbike you're just like all right. the
1: time you're just like on heels like let's launch it like you're, you're like supposed to be the fearless one and like here you are like oh shit this is, is not going to start So we started doing our own mini beach clean, trying to find tools to fix the bike. That was really cool. We we made it
0: a game. We're like, okay, let's go down the beach and try (laughs) to find some plastic or something to get a screwdriver. Because the starter mode crapped itself, and I was like, I need to take the side panel off.
1: We're So far away from your place, <laughs> just and
0: it was so fun. But well, we met some people. But we did
1: us. no, and then and it was his birthday, and they gave us drinks. The, the guy and that- then you, yeah, it worked. And they, oh, that guy launched it. The guy pulled over. What a legend! He was just with his family, some dad, and then the other guy that had stopped. It's like, do you want to push, mate? And you're like, yeah, let's do it. And they literally launched you down the street. The other guys, like, shoes yeah. came off. He was committed, yeah, to the launch, and you sent it. And it started, so we just let that happen.
0: It all happened because you're allowing yourself to pick up garbage. So how, <laughs> you, how yeah. have you found it, traveling around Australia, picking up garbage as your mission?
1: Um, like I said, it's given myself meaning, but what it's also given me is... An <laughs> experience. A lot. Of, it, it's definitely experience, but like I met a lot of really nice people along the way and I told them all about it and they really connected with the story and I made really good connections and friends from it and it kind of it kind of like solidified my trip in a way because people everywhere I went was supporting it and then I came up with this idea about halfway through and I was like why should I need because I kept the plastic it's stuffed into my bag I was like oh, I need to do something with this so I tried to meet up with um, precious I did meet up with precious plastics which is a company that a small small company run by husband and wife in Margaret River and they recycle plastic I brought them I wanted to check out what they were doing because they got featured on ABC News and they went off like they've got a thousand orders to fill and they're just they're pumping them out um, i was like how can i recycle this plastic and they were like well it's ocean plastic it's too old it's too like you know we don't know how to sort it and like that's the problem with ocean plastic you don't know how to recycle it so i like, got to use it for something and i was like i could make probably make it into jewelry somehow and then i was like yeah why don't i just do that why don't i just figure out how to turn it into jewelry and then sell it online because there's, um, the online market is huge and i'm in advertising so i i think i know how to do it um, and call it present the jewellery line and just see if it sells online just learn how to make jewellery sell it online and then maybe who knows I could fund the next trip where I clean up beaches around New Zealand and I do the exactly the same thing and I can just travel for the rest of my life and do what I do wow. imagine that yeah, fi-
0: finding income and meaning through so- through, some through
1: something meaningful yeah
0: So then would you would you then say like if you're making a bit of jewellery then, would you be like, Okay, this piece is made from garbage from esperants? There's a story behind it. That's
1: that's the that's why I like your stories, because there is a meaning behind it and I think as an advertiser I can definitely understand why people connect so deeply with authentic content and a story is because they they you're simply you're more trusted. They have your attention, you you have their attention for longer. And it's like if they choose to buy your product, they don't even know they're doing it. They don't know they've they've been influenced to 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 behave that way. So that's kind of like if you reel them in and you let them trust you by being your authentic self, they're going to buy your shit. Like it doesn't matter how many followers you have in the world. If you have really engaged, trusting followers don't believe you and that's why people buy I'm sure they buy Wild Earth Australia because of you because they trust you
0: thank you people trust me people <laughs> <laughs> trust <laughs> me you know what I just realised this is a great idea right yeah so you've just, you've just I saw in your bag you've got bags of garbage of like the best garbage that you found kind of thing (laughs) and it's got names of all these beaches of all different beaches what you could do right is like say you take the the scarborough beach plastic that's what i was going to do separate them and the stuff that you make out of that Mm -hmm. right when you sell it you can have a little card with the story about that beach and your travels on that beach that was like how you got there what the beach, what the garbage was like, maybe where you thought it came from, from the currents like that, yeah. but like just like I'm the meaning behind would, that garbage.
1: If they lived there, they could really connect to that. And it's like, this woman, this girl's picked up plastic from my front doorstep on my beach. I want to be, I want to support that. Like say, maybe even say like, thank you for doing that. And, and hopefully people, it's like, you're not going to be another jewelry line. It's got a purpose and a meaning behind it. And it's, you know, saving, saving animals. Like who wouldn't, froth on that Uh, I mean I hope hopefully people one day do but I got to figure out what I'm doing would you
0: if you weren't doing a beach cleanup would you have like the person you were before you went down this and like kind of (laughs) like started following your passion would you have done a trip going around Australia would you have been like looking at doing trips around the world like and if so has it changed the way you would have traveled
1: oh immensely I mean I just did the east coast and I wasn't doing beach cleanups because I booked a tour and I hated it I was in. Well, I just had so much freedom to do what I wanted to do um, on the west on the west coast. That's why I fell in love with the west coast. Um, and then I was in the east coast, and I I didn't have my purpose anymore. I didn't have my meaning. I wasn't f- doing my meditation. I wasn't feeling good. Like I was meeting people and having a good time and drinking a lot, and just didn't feel. I just I was on edge the entire time, but still having a good time. Um, but the east coast is is nice, but I just felt like I opened up an entire new world on the West Coast because of the way I was traveling so freely. And I think that's something everybody has to do. They have to do a solo solo journey because you can travel with friends and you can travel with a partner, and that's fine. But like, that's you know, you have to you have to like consider them the entire time, and that's nice if you're doing that for a short period of time. But to be honest, I think I I did Asia. Six weeks with one of my best friends and another girl, and by the end of it, we kind of wanted to kill each other. (laughs) But, But to be fair, we had gone through some shit. That's actually the story that I wanted to tell you.
0: Would you like to tell it?
1: I think I think it's time. Okay. Okay. This is um, this is the darker side of travel. I think. Um, this is after I had made all these changes, but um, I wasn't onto the environmental stuff at this stage. I was just enjoying my holiday in Asia. So I went with one of my friends and another girl, and um. Oh, and then I have to explain how I know Joe Pittman. And you uh, know no, Joe no, 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 no. We, we, no, no. we go but I really need to. That, that's the yeah, best part. Yeah, but I
0: don't have to explain Mexico no. with Joe Pittman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody needs to know about that. Um, so in Cambodia, on one of our first days, um, we got to the pool. We were so sweaty. Um, we just jumped in, just put our stuff down, having, like, First day in Asia, like so excited. We get into the pool, everyone's drinking, everyone's playing beer pong. Um, you know, everyone's just like it's just a vibe. It's like I've never experienced Asia before, and I was just like, buzzing. So, got to the pool, and we just instantly made friends with anyone. Everyone we just started talking. Where are you from? Where are you from? Where are you from? And there was this one guy who was in the pool, who was like a fat Asian dude, and, but he looked a little bit American. So, but he had two escorts with him. And he looks so out of place in this, like, pool full of backpackers. But he was, like, being really friendly with everyone. He was buying everyone shots and, like, bottle service. Like, he bought bottles. He was just, like, buying people drinks. Like, we could tell that he was a little bit different. And so he, one of his escorts were like, do you have a charger that I can borrow? But she was saying it in Vietnamese. And so he started to translate for her. And I was like um, – I'm pretty sure this guy's a billionaire so yeah I'm gonna be I'm gonna be nice to your escort give him my charger and ask you what's up and that led to us being randomly really good friends because um he told us he was a plastic surgeon he owned half of Vietnam half of Vietnam essentially he was actually a billionaire or he like made us believe that he actually was a billionaire and we were like, "Oh yeah, we want to be friends with this dude." <laughs> so he's like, "Stay in touch." Took some photos. he said, yeah, like everyone in the pool was having a good time because he was buying all this, all this alcohol. But then he left. Um, didn't didn't hear from him for a couple of days, and then he messaged me, "Hey, what's up? What are you doing?" Um, we stayed in contact a couple couple of days after, and then um, when we got to Viet- Vietnam after Cambodia, he was like, "Go to my nightclub." In um, in Ho Chi Minh, and I'll I'll shut you an entire night, bottle service, food platters, agile like the smoking meat nangs, you name it, all on me. And we're like, oh man, like we can't accept that. That's we're backpackers. We'd never be able to pay for that. This fancy club. The entrance was like a fifties bathroom, and then you get up there, and it's like something out of like. Like, Casino Royale. Wow. And it was like...
0: Was he just being nicer? Do you reckon he was trying to woo you?
1: I don't know. I don't... No, really? he was, was like... He, he was a genuine dude. Um, yeah. It just, like... It was really easy to trust him. Because, like, he, he... I don't know. We just... We were young, dumb, stupid. We just went... We just rolled with it, essentially. How I was just... you? This is... Not even that long ago. This was October how, 2019. How I was 24 this was like a year and a half ago
0: yeah okay so, so <laughs> continue continue
1: did you go to the can, to the club obviously so. we invited friends we're like can we bring friends he's like oh yeah, of course you can bring friends so we get to this nightclub we got up the casino rail there's asian ladies dancing provocatively they got they lead us over to this table and it's got my name written on it jessica <gasps> miss jessica and i was like this is some fancy ass shit like we we hashtag the night billionaire backpackers because they brought us these like really expensive bottles of like whiskey and like, like what do you want so we chose a whiskey and a gin and like they came over with like individual cans. It was sick. It was probably the sickest night ever.
0: So are you? Are you just lapping it up? Are you? Are oh, you sitting there just frothing. going? I can't. I'm like.
1: I'm like. I'm like yeah, I'm two, like two names deep at this point in the seventh dimension. Not giving a fuck about any. Uh, there's a couple. There are some photos of me just like manging out on the couch. <laughs> I was just living it up, and then I ended. After that, I, I was up on the stage dancing with the Asian. It was a wild night. Um. Was he there? No. So this is the thing. I never saw him again after that. He just stayed in touch. Anyway, so we finished that night. My mate goes out to this club and comes back at like 12 midday. He's managed to find pills and gone to a club and he like Like bought some. Like pills. Yeah. And then he went to this club where there was like, you know, a bunch of dudes just kind of like munting till like 12. So Stacy comes home like off their, off off their, their chops, off. essentially. And he, he came back so munted. And I was just like, what have you been doing? He's like, I, I, I need to go to bed now. So, so, yeah, we had a really good night. Anyway, fast forward maybe a couple of weeks. Um, we're now in... Annoy. Now, the biggest part of our trip was going to be two things back-to-back. Quest Festival, which is a really well-known Camb- um, Vietnamese quest, uh, festival in the bush, like a bush doof. and like a, a party. A part, well, like it's a festival. It's like they have the proper setup. It's like falls, but in Vietnam. It was awesome. It looked awesome. And then we're going to do Castaways, which was basically where they force you to drink on an island for three days. So it was going to be probably the biggest bender of our entire lives, and we were looking forward to it. So, this guy called. I'm. I'm actually not afraid to say his name. His name's Hunter, which is so random. So his name Hunter. He calls us up and he's like, "Oh, you're going to Quest Festival? I was thinking about going. You know, like I went last year, was sick, blah, blah blah blah." He's like, "Oh, okay, cool. Do you guys want drugs?" Like, <laughs> uh, we looked at each other and we're like, "Ooh." And then we look back and we were like, yes.
0: So, when in Rome? When in Rome. Like when he was like, Rome, what do you I-
1: want? And I was like, Could, like, everything. And he was like, okay, cool. I'll get you Coke pills, acid, mushrooms, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, I wasn't prepared to do all that. Honestly, my mate was. And I was like, okay, settle down. But pff, we, just, And it was only $300. Yeah, so, he said, he, <sighs> nothing, no alarm bells were going off at that point. Because this guy had sorted this out. the the bill by the way for that night that came back a thousand Australian dollars wow. <laughs> this bar <tab. laughs> and he's like oh it's fine it's on me and so did like,
0: they did they give you the bill that night and you had to sign no, it I was I like just,
1: no. I, I was etching a little bit because I was like our friend Hunter will pay tomorrow and they're like okay <laughs> I don't know we just left <laughs> yeah we're like Bad, that's clearly sorted um and then yeah so we um yeah he's like oh just you know put 300 dollars in this account in this bank and then he might like, put the phone to the vietnamese teller and he so this spoke is to the, him, the rich
0: guy still this is the
1: billionaire and he's like oh like i'm not gonna buy your drugs but i'm happy to you know it was like sort it out and so um we were like how are you gonna you know how are we gonna pick it up and he's like oh my ex-girlfriend um God, what was her name you know, the ex-girlfriend she'll she's gonna smuggle it in because she has a stall at the festival she's a vendor and we were like oh my god this is perfect not only are our drugs going to be inside the festival but we're going to have so many and it's going to be safe because we're in asia we're like when you're in asia don't touch drugs
0: is this stuff illegal in. So illegal. No, but is it like Indonesia with the death penalty there?
1: Yeah, so we. So w- we were you? I, I always
0: trip out when people take the risk. Yeah, I've got to ask we this were question. Just too it's excited. like, like I lived in Indonesia for for years, and it just was never worth the risk for me. And, uh, and I know, and I'm not into, to well, other than smoking weed. But there, smoking weed is um, is the death penalty, and it's just yeah. like I oh, just for me, it's just never been we worth just, the risk. Uh, so like, yeah. how for? you guys I just often wonder because I know know. lots of people and lots of friends that especially in Indonesia do get on drugs there and hard drugs and I just wonder I'm like whoa is it worth it
1: not yet Uh,
0: but continue (laughs) okay like why why did you you, was it just literally you're just going we were just too
1: excited we were just like everything had gone right for us, mm. so we it's like that opportunity is there. Like let's we just go say for yes, it. just say and yes.
0: We've got him. This billionaire guy he's, can he's, sort anything. Like out. we had
1: no idea that it was like you know. Anyway, so on the, we get we spend two or three days preparing our costumes for this Quest Festival. We were going up and down these like busy streets, buying this, buying that, like making like l- c- like costumes that lit up, sparkled, like Whoa, we yeah, were dressed up as like karate. Kids. It was we went full out. We were so 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 excited. And then on the day we get a car to the bus zone, and then we only brought our bags with us, and everyone else is there, and it looks awesome. The crowd is like got hippie, drag queen, stoners, like tourists, man, Tur- tourists. There was like and Vietnamese, Vietnamese, yeah, tourists, like Vietna- It was a Vietnamese like cross Australian festival. That's like why that's why it's so important to, to the musicians there, because it's the only like proper crossover between those two cultures where Australian music and um, Cam- uh, Vietnamese music meets. And it sounds really, really cool. Yeah. So we were ready to just mung out to some weird music and that was going to be it. But
0: how it, many people were we talking there? Do you know?
1: I think under 3000, just yeah. over 3000, but there, there was buses leaving. A like, lot,
0: yeah, a lot of it
1: was a huge festival. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. So we get there and there's like all these amazing people. We start talking to people it's just the, the day has such good vibes to it. And then, uh, about an hour after the bus was meant to show up to pick us up, um, wait, did you go get your drugs? No, they're inside for us. Remember?
0: Oh, so you're not his even inside yet? No, I you were his ex girlfriend. No, his ex girlfriend. So you haven't even? Okay, sorry. No. I thought you were just saying that you, you were you're inside the festival. No,
1: his ex girlfriend was going to bring it in for us. That was the that was the reason we yeah. said yes. Yeah. Because they were going to be there. We, all we had to do was find her. We knew what she looked like. He sent us a photo. He's like, go, gave us a number as well. So, we were like, sweet, we'll find her inside. That's why we, we decided to risk it because it, yeah. you know, there was going to be no, little to no risk is essentially there. But, um, so the buses were late and that was annoying. But then there was kind of like talk of maybe like something was happening, like something was going wrong on the other side. But then after an hour, they just put everyone on buses anyway and they drove us out into the middle of this paddock and they dropped us off and the buses left. So there's 3,000 of us just like chilling on the grass outside. This they set up a roadblock, and everyone was like, Oh, like this isn't the festival. And they're like, Oh, yeah, I think you have to walk about five kilometers. And we're like, Five fucking kilometers. What, what do you what, mean-
0: with how many like 3,000 people 3, were, put people in people a were pa- meant to
1: stand it? Like, apparently, this is the rumor. So, this is what happens in a crowd situation rumors go around and people start to panic. Um, and so. We get to the front of the blockade and it kind of looks a bit dodgy. Like we don't really know what's going on at this point. But we hear some, like, more, like, more rumours again from the crowd saying, so like, wait, oh, they these, think it might be cancelled. Wait, wait, wait.
0: So, these buses have all picked you up to take you to the festival. Yeah. You've gone on the buses to go to the festival. Five kilometres
1: from the festival. And these
0: are, how many, But like, probably heaps of buses. Oh,
1: they just kept doing chips. Yeah. More people. And in, more and more people kept showing and up.
0: And instead of taking you guys to the festival, the, they were drop just dropping you guys at a blockade. In the middle of nowhere. And then you've got road. to walk somewhere to get to the well, festival. Well, that's the
1: thing. We 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 were ready to walk because we were like, We've, we're here. We've made it. We're about to go in. And then the, um, the Vietnamese army had set up a blockade, blockade. And we're like, this is weird. But then they we see some officials. Yeah, this, <laughs> this yeah. is weird. Like, um, we don't know what's going on. But we, we went and talked to some officials. We're wearing, like, the Quest Festival T-shirts. we like, find out from them. And they're like, to be honest, we aren't sure what's going on here. And so hours go by like this.
0: And there's all these festival guys just stuck in this Do you know what panic? they start
1: doing? Honestly, this is how chill the crowd was. If it was any other crowd, there would have been mayhem. But the, the crowd was like all, all stoners. People were doing yoga. People were leading classes in guitar. People were singing. People dancing and doing juggling. It was honestly like that was the funnest part of this was just seeing how human nature reacted to that situation. And everyone just decided to chill. It was really nice because yeah.
0: um, it could be so. Was it hot? Like if it was like imagine if it was well, like really it's Asia, hot it, everywhere is hot. Yeah, <laughs>
1: um, yeah. people people were like kind of frustrated, but they kind of just decided, you know, it's it not is worth what it is. It's, yeah. not, it's not worth you know getting in a hullabaloo about it. So anyway, more hours, about twelve hours all up. This went went along for, but then there was more talk about it getting cancelled. People were actually starting to panic at this point, point. and then. Uh, the, ch- the more army trucks rock up, full of people of um, I think v- Vietnamese army. They get out of the tu- the the cars and the trucks and they do a circle around us, it, around m- march all the people, around all the people with their guns, and they're like trying. I don't know if they're trying to flex or like trying to intimidate, but they do an entire lap around us. And then they kind of, like, stand so where the gate is. So you're starting nervous at this point? Oh, yeah. Like you're, we like were like, you're
0: in, a, in the middle of, like, a political thing? A politi-
1: like- It was a political thing. So we found out later. So after that, more, like, uh, more hours later, it's nearly dark, and this piece of paper comes Are you all the way from, to be honest, a little... More just disappointed because we knew what was about to happen. We knew the, ca- the festival was about to get cancelled. Yeah. I don't think we were scared because everyone else was too chill. Like, no one else was scared, so we were fine with it. So, yeah. But I think when the piece of paper came, it apparently came from the Vietnamese Prime Minister himself saying this festival is not allowed to go on. I understand that you've paid all of your, your rights to be here, blah, blah, blah. But someone died in a music festival three months before this. So we're not going to stand for this. We're not going to allow anyone to die on our watch. And that was apparently the reason. But it could be anything. It could just be corrupt, corrupt cops. They didn't pay them enough. Like it could be, yeah, it, it, Asia's a weird place. Yeah. And it's usually about bribes. But this time it wasn't. It was about a drug thing. And so at this point, they were like, oh, what if they're like, you know, the, the police apparently were raiding the vendors inside. And we were thinking, oh, fu- oh, Emily, her name was Emily. Like, oh, fuck, if they're raiding the vendors inside. Emily's got a dick load of, of our drugs on her. This is when I started to panic. And after all that, like the, the truck left, the army left and the officials were like, you guys all have to find a way home. So this was on the news. You can actually Google this. It got onto all the Vietnamese channels and I think one or two... You, what would you Google? A stra- um, Quest Festival, 3,000 people stranded in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it was... It was. Then And then the thing is, people just decided to stay and just camp, which was nice. And then I found out after we got back, maybe a couple of days later, that apparently at about 9 o'clock, they just went, fuck it, and let everyone that was staying there in. And everyone just was rolling around in these amazing tents and they were just like, take whatever tent you want. Whatever. Everything they is just free. Let, they just let they it just run just let whoever. If we had stayed back an hour or two later, we would have been in the festival rolling around on a bunch of drugs. But we panicked. We called Hunter and we said, Quest Festival will be cancelled. Everyone's in a panic. We have to find a way home. We're scared. And he's like, I got you. He sent his personal car to come and get us. And then we booked two beds um, at the nearest hostel in... Um, Wow. in in the middle of the city and so we were safe essentially and then we just drank heavily because we were very depressed
0: what what happened to the girl but did they get raided
1: this is so this is where it starts to get interesting um we didn't hear from hunter until like maybe midday next day because the night before he had said that he was going to the casino um and he called us and he was like all groggy and tired and he was like oh fuck like what you know what happened blah, blah, blah. And we we had explained the entire situation the night before, but he was like, "Right, right, I'll just get you out of there, but um, tell me in the morning. But he was all like, he sounded like he was drugged up, and we were like, what happened? He's like, I was, I was robbed at the casino. I, someone spiked my drink, and I was robbed out, out the front, and I'm, I'm on the phone to the police now trying to get the, the tape. They took my watch, they took my passport, my wallet, all my credit cards, you know, my phone, everything. And I was like, oh, my god, I felt so bad for this guy. He'd he'd been so nice to us, and I was like, holy shit. And he's like, oh, also, um, I spoke to Emily's parents. She's been arrested and she's in jail. Oh. And my my heart my heart sank. Oh my god. And I was like, oh, Where, no, where's is Emily from? She's Vietnamese. She's Vietnamese. So that, that this is his ex girlfriend, and he's like, oh yeah, I've, I've got to get her out. Um, you know they, you know this is Asia jail. This isn't yeah. Australia jail. This is. They will beat you and they will hurt you because they think you have drugs and they're not telling, like, not saying what they want to hear. This is how he described it. So apparently her mum was bedridden. Her dad's dead. And he has now no way of flying there to help her or transferring money or, like, paying. Because he was robbed. Because he was robbed. So he was like, I don't know what to do, but we need to get her out tonight or she will go to jail for three years. For drugs drug possession and I was like this is this is another one of those moments in your life where you can take two paths you can either offer to help or you can say that's not my problem and throw someone else under the bus and so I was like how much do you need um he's like they're asking for 2k and I was like okay take it what do I need to do so I spent that entire day going to a bank made a Western Union account, set it up so that I could do an instant transfer.
0: Did you have the money? I did. I had, a lot, like-
1: I had a lot of savings. I was stupid and told him how much I had though. So that, that, would, that would not have ruined my holiday, but that's a, that was a clean conscience for me.
0: So you went and told him that – How I, did you tell you had how much money you? Had? You told Hunter?
1: I, no. Yeah, I told him how much money I had. I was like, I have this in my bank account. What do you need? Which is probably a little bit dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I transferred that to one of his friends who lived where we were and could go and translate to the police because they weren't going to deal with foreigners. They, you know, there were yeah. <laughs> some two like Australians like, we're here for Emily, here's the money. Like, it wasn't going to happen like that. And I was like, I can't understand. So a mate of his took withdrew the money and went and bailed her out. Apparently, they wanted more. And so um, the guy... Um, a thousand dollars of his own money apparently and got her out and then we were like we were all really shell-shocked after that but we were like thank god this girl was out of jail like i could not sleep i could not live with myself if i knew this girl had gone to jail for four years with having my drugs on her so and so he was like oh the only reason i sent it in the first place is like i'll pay you back more i will give you double when i have my cards when i have like like we will make this work. And I have a screenshot he has a bank account with like seven billion thousand million dollars in it and it's got a minus transaction for two thousand five hundred American dollars to my BSBN account number so I was like sick that's it that's done there's no danger here because I had this screenshot and it doesn't look fake
0: so he he, he sent you
1: the, the the proof that he had paid money. me back
0: so he's like okay it was gonna
1: take a couple of days we needed to get her out that night and he yeah, couldn't so, transfer yeah
0: he, he got the cash because he and then he's done a internet transfer
1: yeah because he didn't have his cards. yeah so that's why the the pressure fell onto us my other mate was like it look it's your choice um and i was like yeah no i have to do this um so let's let's skip a whole bunch of in-between nonsense because we all kind of know where this is going. Essentially, for the next month or so, the money never came through. I hit him up. I was like, hey, it hasn't come through. He tried another way. He'd lose a number, miss this and that. And I was like, the more and more I contacted him about sending me money, the more and more I realized I was like, I've made a big mistake here. But I I I I still had hope because I was like, why would he shout us a night out a thousand dollars and a night out and then do you think maybe he
0: thought you were scamming him like as in like you getting the money and he he was sending it and you just weren't getting it do you ever did you ever
1: No. no he it was definitely but i mean to this day i actually still don't know if it was a scam or not because there's no way of knowing and the thing is like i never got the money essentially and this went on for months and months after this and then just i got really i felt really depressed after that as soon as i figured out that it was a scam i was like well as soon as i realized i wasn't going to get my money back i became i just like i felt so stupid because i had trusted someone and i kind of thought well if this is how the world is going to treat me then fuck the world you know like I, it did. I went to a dark place. Like when
0: you get, yeah, that happens when you get scammed because you oh, see no, the it's... darkness in human nature. And, like, y-
1: you, you know, and you it, it so makes you sure. lose faith. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I really lost faith in humanity after that. But the thing is, if I was to go back, I would do it all again in a heartbeat. Because you, well, you don't know. Because you know, came from your heart as well. What if, what if that was the truth? What mm. if she was in jail? And what if you were faced with the choice of saving someone's life or condemning them to basically death? it depends on it's yeah. Asia anything can happen so I I don't regret it but it learnt me a big lesson <laughs> and
0: you also yeah, wonder, I've man living in an Asia too sometimes I, I I feel like it's like you become numb to things and you kind of end up feeling heartless in a way yeah and it's like you know the same story of like if it's you have friends and then they're place. like yeah and they're like oh my, my dad's sick like this or my and my mum needs some money believe, and, yeah. and the first time you hear that you feel really bad and and want to help and then it just becomes you just kind of hear it every day and then sometimes I'm like whoa like I've just kind of become numb to this and I just it goes in one ear and out the other and I'm like but there could be people here that genuinely need my help and I'm sitting here like just judging like it's like and then you get the boy head, calls I can't, wo- I can't wolf and that really
1: and you become so desensitized yeah. to it and so it's like I, I became after that I became really desensitized and I stopped caring about anything or completely I was like I was in a really I don't give a fuck Phase because it was like the world has treated me like this, then I don't have to give a fuck. And um, it took me a long time to get out of that. Um, and then I don't know. I don't know when I realized that it wasn't an issue anymore. Like it happened, you know. I don't care about money.
0: So what did you learn from it?
1: I think the overarching point that I, l- what I learned is, no matter what. <laughs> don 't send a lot of money to a person <laughs> you 've never met in a foreign country yeah that 's basic 101 don 't fuck with drugs in another country second and third don 't let one human being deter you from the rest of them yeah because that 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 guy he treated me like that, but that does not mean that I get to treat the rest of humanity like that you know one, one my why my my mistake shouldn 't dictate how i treat other people because i feel like an idiot i just let it slip away and i just started caring again i guess i mean i started not looking at everyone like they were going to scam me and i didn't trust anyone for a long time and then i just let it go
0: we um we have issues with the the yacht that i own with two mates in in thailand it's in thailand on the hard stand in phuket in this um, marina that's part of a rubber plantation. It's just, they like kind of made a little marina on the side because it's a cheap place to put your boat. Yeah. And this family owns this massive rubber plantation. Anyway, we get... We hadn't paid our bill for a while, so we had sent um, an email to, to get our bill to the marina. And the marina sends us a, an invoice back. And we pay it. $8,500, Aussie. Right. So we pay it Anyway. Months later, I get this email like, oh, hey, your bill's up to this now. Can you guys be, please play? And we're like, oh, actually, here, I've, I've already paid it. Yeah. And I sent him the receipt. And he's just like, no, you've never paid it. And I was like, and it, and it started becoming this thing where I was like, no, here's the receipts. Here's the email. Here's <laughs> no. this. And then this guy just goes, we didn't get the money. This is not my our email. And we looked at it, the email that we oh, got. So no. we sent this email asking for the invoice, the email we got back with our invoice had one letter difference in the name it was like a, I can't remember the, oh. but it's like a three name like website like something something Marina yeah, that, and I know one that letter feeling. <laughs> is in there and he's like we never got the money and I was like what are you talking about and I was like oh my god we've been scammed so I, I called the federal police I called the bank trying to get the money like pushed hold, back yeah and because this is months after it's way longer and i'm like oh my god and he's like this like you guys are gonna pay now you owe 10 grand you know what i mean because our bill's gone up i'm like oh and the boy's <laughs> like and at the same time we want to put a boat for sale and it needs to be cleaned and I'm like so god someone's gonna go over there and sort it out and how's i had in my mind i was like well that's fine i was like we've paid the money this guy just needs to see that like it's on his end that if someone if he hasn't if he actually hasn't got the money which i don't know yeah it's like then it's on his end because he's emails got hacked. And, right. you know, and this has been... So, I was like, I'll just go over there and talk to this guy. Like, human to human. Like, what can he do? He's like, going to have to meet me on a human being level and be like, you know, our boat like literally didn't cost any money being in that marina. It's just sitting there. You know what I mean? It's just parked on a hard stand. It's not in the water. It's just parked, right? So, it hasn't cost him any overheads for it to be there other than his like normal business overhead. So, I was like, I'll just go over and I'll talk to him. See if he's got the money. I'll just work it out. So, I go over there and... I had talked with the federal pr- police and insurance and, and about like making a proper report and a report to the tourist police if we got scammed. So I said to this guy, like I went over and talked to this guy at the Marina and I said, you know, like if you don't mind, I'm just going to record this conversation. If you're happy with that. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's cool. And he was like, he was pretty nice. Um, and we sat down and, but he's a businessman, right? And you can tell he's a businessman and he, And we sit down and we record this conversation. I start and I start going through like all the invoices, like our funds, the emails and everything. And I said, Hey, like this is and he's like, Yeah, but we didn't get the money, it's on you, we want the money again. I was like, Yeah, but like we've sent you the money like it's not on us And he's and I said to him like like we're happy to go to court or something, like if that's but we don't have another eight and a half thousand dollars to pay, we've paid it. Like there's, is there something either that we can work out or it's just like we don't feel we should pay, need to have to pay again. Like you know, I said, like we're happy to go to court about it, you know, like mm-hmm. and, then, and then this rain hit. The weather came and it started raining. So we had to stop the recording. We're just sitting there and it's not recording because the rain's really loud and you can't hear anything. And then, and then he, this guy just turns to me from like being nice and businessman business and, and he just goes, you're fucking stupid. And I was like, what? and he's like, you're fucking stupid. You think you can take me to court? You think you'd take me to court? And he's like, my family owns Phuket. He's like, they, and, and no joke, they're the second biggest family in Phuket, oh, like richest no. family. He's like, my family own Phuket. And he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, <laughs> if you go to court, he's like, yeah, you'll win. But he's like, I can pay the court to, um, to, uh-huh. to prolong this, this hearing for, for um, years. And he's like, that whole time, you're boats in my marina. And he's like, you're going to end up owing me more money oh, great. and I was just like wait and I was like are you serious for a second so I put record on I was like tell me that again tell me that again say what you just said he's like and he's just sitting there quiet and I guess say what you just said and I, then I I was like um, and then I started saying what he just said like and he's like I didn't say that <laughs> I was like did you just say this to me and then he, anyway I just end up stopping it and uh. just recording I, I said, and I just looked at him and I said mate said so I'm coming here to you with a problem like we have a problem you have a problem you didn't get the money we have a problem that we paid this money so it's jointly it's our problem I'm trying to come here and talk to you as a human to human like heart to heart and I said to him like dude you've got a wife and kids and a mother like don't you like don't you love like you know I'm coming here to like speak to you like as a human being you know and I'm sitting here and all you want to do is threaten me yeah, and he's like, and I'm like,
1: did you lose faith? In, yeah, and I was like, mate, I'm a
0: human, bit? and he and he just looked at me and he's like, oh, and I was like, and I was like, this is not the right way to go about it. It's like if you're missing out, you don't try and scam me more. It's just like, can can we just can you just treat me like another human being, and I'll treat you like that. And he just looks at me and goes, well, well, you gave me a bullshit offer. I was like, well, what do you okay, what do you mean? And he goes, well, like, well, you want to take me to court or like or. Because we offered, we said, well, we can't pay the other eight and a half again, but we're happy to give you like two grand or we'll cover or we'll cover the cost that our boat costs to be in there, you know, like his overheads. Yeah. So he doesn't miss out. Well, like if you really didn't get the money, we're happy to pay for no, your overhead. Oh, okay. So it doesn't, but it's less, like, and we offered to give him two grand, like so $2,000. And he just like, no, he ended up just like saying like, you know, like that was offensive of me offering him $2,000, blah, blah. And I was like, mate, that was like us literally trying to come to an agreement. I was like, you're not coming to anything here. I was like, we both have this problem together. I'm trying to offer a problem. You know, if I give you, say, two grand, like that's something we can afford. And you say, no, you don't threaten me. And like, it's just like, is there something that would yeah, make like you happy heart, as well?
1: I I and did he, you, he ended up coming down he
0: ended up coming down saying, oh, well, you can give me. 70% of the price. They're still owing five and a half grand oh, okay. and, we, and we still haven't paid it. But then I was in this bar in. Oh, fuck. Do you actually want to know a story?
1: I mean, it's kind of what we're here for.
0: Yeah, okay. Here's a fucking story. <laughs> so. I'm you, I'm
1: you The knee again. Yeah. You I'm, do uh, the knee when you tell a I'm story. You get excited. in your story pose. This, this story.
0: This story's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Yeah. I, I I was working on the boat, on our boat, for like two and a half weeks to put it for sale because we want to sell it. And it's hard to sell a boat. It's in the middle of Asia. And, and I had to go to this marina in the south to pick up some parts. And I've been working really hard every day. And then I had to drive to the south of Phuket and to another big marina and get some parts of the boat. So I decided to make a day of it. And I did the work that I needed to do in the morning, and then I took myself on a journey. And I went down in this marina just before it closed. Is this
1: the taxi story? No. Okay.
0: And no, no, no. No, I'm on a motorbike.
1: Oh, motorbike.
0: Yeah. So I take my motorbike down to the marina down south.
1: Oh, okay. And I buy
0: parts for for the boat. And I kind of I plan to do it just. Before, like, the day was done, before it closed. So I was like, I got there at, like, 4.30, it closes at, like, 5.00. And I did that. And then after that, I was like, yeah, I'm taking myself down, down the beach, like, down um, Bangalore Road or whatever, like, down the beach in Phuket to go for a swim, and then I'm going to go find a bar on the beach somewhere and have a, and have a cocktail, you know, on sunset, you know? Like, nice. just treat myself because I'd been working so hard on the boat. Okay. So I came down, went down to the beach, went for a swim, and then get on my bike and I'm riding. The next thing is I get pulled over by this cop this policeman. Yeah. He, like, runs down the middle of the tourist park because it's a really tourist park down, like, you know, Bangalore Road and Phuket and grabs me and, you know wants a bribe because i got no helmet on i'm like fuck and i'm like that's so stupid of me i didn't put the helmet on oh, no so helmet. i end up giving him my indonesia <laughs> license and he's like if you want this back you need to go down to the police station and pay for this and i and it was the spare license i was like yeah whatever so i just left and, and rode on and i started following the beach north and i'm looking for all these bars like there used to be along phuket along the peninsula there would just be beach bars everywhere and the army came through and shut them all down because they, got, like, because they didn't have liquor licenses, right? And so all the resorts have liquor licenses and they're paying for liquor licenses and then they're losing out on business because all these beach bars are up and don't pay for a liquor license. So the army came through and shut them all down. And so I'm riding and I'm looking for a bar and there's nothing. And it's just like the, tur- like the big resorts are too expensive for a beer. And I was like, I just wanted to have a nice quiet beer at some little bamboo bar on the beach. What's the sunset? And I ended up going about four or five beaches north And I see in the distance a bamboo, little bamboo hut that looks like a bar down the beach. And I'm like, perfect. So I ride my bike down there, get down, and there's this South African guy who owns it. And I go and I sit down and he's got a little Thai wife, he's got a little baby or whatever, and I can tell there's a few expats sitting around and i can tell that they're all crims you know they're all hard ass like motherfuckers and i'm like all right these guys you see enough expats or people that have run away like especially in mexico and everything and around asia you see the ones that have run run that have run away from something you know what i mean and you know you know the like people on their own and so i've seen that i thought oh sick what an experience sit down there's one random bar there's a whole heap of criminals here like let's just see what happens we'll go have a beer so i sit down and i start talking to this south african guy and turns out he had been scammed because he runs yacht charters. He has two yachts that he runs for the backpackers and takes them out to the islands for a few days and comes back. And he put his boats in that guy's from marina. Oh. And he just had a new baby, and this guy scammed him. Same as what he did for us, paid, said, no, it's not enough. We want more. wouldn't we'll give him his boat back. And so this South African guy is telling me that he's it's planning gummy. on killing him. He's telling me, they there, going, I'm going to kill this guy because in the rubber plantation I'm going to wait for him to come in because he fucked with me. Now, I start talking to all these... <laughs> We're, we're, this sparks this conversation about like hard kind of shit between yeah, everyone
1: the humanity yeah yeah
0: and i'm looking around and and there's these couple of south africans around me and i'm like well how do you have a bar here and he's like well they've knocked them all down but he's like i just put this one up and when they come and tell me i pay a bit of money or he's like i let them knock it down i just build another one you know it's just a little bar it's just like this is this kind of gets me through when the tourists aren't here you know selling beers to like other expats on the beach So I start talking to these other South African guys that are there, and they're they're drug runners, and so they were mules. Right, there was this one guy, and I remember his name whether it was his real name or not. His name at the time was Xander, and these guys had just bailed him out. He'd just been caught with um with dealing drugs in Thailand. He'd been in jail. These other guys, his mates, had gone in. Paid his bail for him to get out, and he has to go to court. And he's like, "Man, I'm done. I'm done." And he's like, "And he's got no money. They got no money. They bailed him out." And he's there going, "I'm running the border tonight. I'm running the border. Don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm going to try to get a bus. I have no no money. Blah blah." And we're sitting there having a few beers, and this guy is stressing. And now the whole story's open. They've opened up to me. He's told me the story, and he's freaking out. And this guy, and you can tell he's on edge. He's a, he's a crim. He's just got out of jail too, and he's on edge. And he's sitting there, and he's like, he's drinking fast, and he's flustered, and he's freaking, and. And I'm just kind of thinking, fuck, this is a cool experience. I'm sitting here in this bar watching the sunset in Thailand with a bunch of criminals, like with a bunch of drug smugglers and, you know, just enjoying Your it. Your
1: idea of cool is very interesting to yeah. other well, people. Well, it's just another
0: experience, right? I was just like, fuck. <laughs> other people it might,
1: might not think that was cool. So, and we
0: start talking about <laughs> marijuana, right? Yeah. And I was saying, oh, when I'm, at home, I, when I'm at home, I, yeah, like when I go out to a bar, I don't drink much, I'll smoke a joint and then I'll, I'll just have a couple of beers and I'll dance all night. And I was like, what do I do? And I pulled out my wallet. I was like, I roll joints and I just open and I just put my, wall- my joints down in here, like in the gap in my wallet. Yeah. And as I did that, I looked down and I went, oh my God, I have a joint in my wallet. And I pulled it down, I realized I'd accidentally smuggled a joint to Thailand. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. And then these South African guys are like, oh my God, Australian weed? No, That's sick. So we like this joint. <laughs> and they, we have a bit of a path. And like after oh, this, like buddy. I'm really kind of broken down with these guys or yeah. what I think I am, you know? Yeah. You know, because at first, you know, they were kind of hardened criminals. They, were, they weren't fully open to me, you know what I mean? You kind of had to crack them a little bit. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm broken down with these guys. This guy, Xander, the one that's on the run that's freaking out, he goes, oh. he like thank to thank me for the join, he stands up and he goes on the other side of the bar, inside the bar, and he pours. A drink and mixes it and pours it into a shot glass this green shot and gives it to me and goes here you go bro and I was like oh thanks man so I have a shot and put it there and then he stays behind the bar and he starts mixing up some other stuff then he mixes up four other shots and he gives it to the other guys and he pours them shots and I was like huh that's odd he just gave me a shot <laughs> and then he then made one for everyone else. And I was like, oh, he probably just felt bad because he missed everyone out. You know, he was trying to say thank you. So I was like, ah, oh, so I didn't think anything of it. Oh, no. And he comes back and sits down. And about 15 minutes later, he, he gets up and he goes back inside the bar. And he mixes again, a shot. And he pours this shot in front of me, this green shot. He goes, here you go. And I was like, oh, thanks, man. By this stage, you know, he's a criminal too. Like, it, there's a big criminal guy like just yeah. got out of jail from me he's like here you go have it you know so I'm not gonna it's refuse like him. heroin
1: you're gonna so die.
0: I have this shot <laughs> and then next thing he does the same thing again he mixes these shots oh, you're fucked, and then pours them for everyone else and I was like oh huh, that's odd Did and you- so this is the guy and I've got my motorbike parked over in the corner I've got my wallet I've got my stuff and I'm sitting here and then I'm, I, I go I'm sitting there and then I thought oh, I need I need to go to the toilet you know I need I need a wee and I, st- and cause I started feeling not right oh, and I yeah. stood up and as soon as I stood up, I literally just went straight backwards and just hit the deck. I just remember my head hitting the sand, like luckily it was sand and just laying there and go, oh fuck. And I was like, holy shit. And then I, I kind of crawled up on and I tried to stand up and I kind of like fell back down and like everything, like the world started going all like dizzy and, and you know i couldn't see and everything and i was like holy shit and so i started like i'm like holy fuck i think i've been drugged no. so i start crawling and i start like trying to crawl towards my motorbike and next thing i just get picked up and it's like oh, and i was like and it's the zander guy the one that gave it to me he goes oh where are you going he's like where do you think you're going and i was like oh man i'm going home And he's like you're not going anywhere and push me down onto the ground yes. And I was like, fuck. And I was like, just laying there and then I tried to get up and he's like, mate, you're not going anywhere. And he pushed me down and he pushed me down onto this um, day bed, like a sunbaking bed, this bed that was, <laughs> you know, because they have sure them there for comfortable. it. And he's like, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> and just like, and I'm like, fuck. So I'm sitting there and he goes back to the bar. He's only like 10 meters from me and my bike's probably about 20 meters behind me. All right. and I'm sitting there and I'm just, I'm just going, I'm falling and I'm like fuck I'm, about, I'm passing out, I'm passing out, I'm like just going don't pass out, don't pass out, like I can, I can feel I've been drugged, I'm like you know yeah. I've been drugged, I'm going, once oh, I go so I'm anxious. like so I start trying to like I can't move, like it's paralyzed me right. and I'm like, and I start looking kind of over my shoulder and I can see my motorbike and I'm sitting there and I'm like trying to get all my courage up, I'm like looking down and he's got his back to me at the at the bar by this stage and I'm like fuck and I'm like I've just got I've got to get to my bike I've got to get to my bike but I knew I couldn't stand up I knew I couldn't walk and I'm like fuck and I just kind of built up on my courage and one hit I just did this big roll and rolled off the daybed onto my face onto the sand right and then I was there and I was like oh my god I've got to do it I've got to fucking do it I'm using everything to make my mind work to make my body work and I start fucking crawling towards my bike and I literally get to my bike and use my bike to pull myself up and i go and i'm like holy fuck no. holy fuck and i start the bike no. and as soon as i start the bike they see because the light start. they hear the bike and he turns and goes where do you think you're going and starts running after me no so next thing they start chasing me like oh fuck so i start taking off on the bike
1: oh my god jesus take the wheel there, and i go
0: down i'm getting the shivers now go- oh, and i go yeah. down i go around the corner into like the the main street on the beach and i see this tourist i see this guy yeah and I pull up to this guy and I, go, and I go, mate, mate, you've got to help me. You've got to help me. I've been drugged. I've been drugged. And this guy goes, oh, oh, stay away from me. And I was like, mate, you've got to help me. I've been drugged. And this, this tourist just goes, oh, get away from me and just walks off. And I'm like, fuck, he's not going to help me. I'm like, oh, God. And I and I know this this happened to my mate in – um. this happened to my – to one of my best mates Scotty in Bali and they followed him back to the hotel and he'd passed out and they just followed oh, him back they took
1: all this shit. and
0: just robbed him I'm like fuck I've got to get somewhere I've got to get somewhere so I get on the bike I'm like I know they're after me I know they're coming behind me so I take off go around the corner and I see this hotel and I'm like fuck and I, I, I'm try- I'm passing out you know I'm trying I'm trying to stay conscious so get get to this hotel walk in and i walk in the reception and no one's there how's no those one's survival
1: there? instincts they just kick in yeah. straight away It's amazing and no
0: one's there and i'm sitting there going fuck so i start yelling out there was a bell and i start hitting the bell and i'm sitting there and i'm going fuck i'm gonna pass out i'm gonna pass out i'm like stay awake i'm yelling i'm like no one's coming i'm like holy fuck they're gonna be behind me they're gonna be behind me i'm like shit okay fuck just get back on the motorbike <laughs> no, so i get back I'm on the really- motorbike and everything here is like literally it's like using all my mental strength to just not pass out yeah and so I get on the motorbike and I start riding and I get on the fucking main road and I just hugged to the left on that white line and I just sat there focusing on that white line just just for as long as I can just going stay on the white line stay on the white line and I just went and I would have ridden for maybe 10 minutes oh my god like I'm just like just get out I'm like I've, and the whole time's don't not not passing out trying to let the wind hit me in the face trying to like breathe trying to stay focused trying to like make my my mind work then I see this like we're like <laughs> this no like corner little family like shop on the side of the road, you know, like a little warung in Indonesia, they call warung in Thailand, I don't know. Anyway, I've rocked up there and I've pulled up and I've just just fallen off the motorbike onto the ground and these people came over and I just start throwing up and I just start throwing up and I'm (sighs) I'm on my side and these people come over, these locals that are from the shop and they look down at me and I start going to them, help, help, I've been drugged, I've been drugged, I need hospital, I need hospital, I've been drugged. And they're looking down at me, and then this guy just, like, giggles, like, ha and walks away. And I was just like, oh, another drunk tourist, another drunk tourist, and they've just left me, and I'm sitting there, and I, and I just realized what? to myself, well, no one's going to help me. I'm passing out. Where's I need to humanity? let myself. No, it's just they didn't. They're probably used to, like, in Thailand, probably used to just drunk Aussies or no, something, but, you know.
1: Oh, true.
0: And so they didn't know. I couldn't communicate. I couldn't yeah, say to them in Thai. I couldn't say, like, <laughs> you know. They just, and so I'm sitting there, and I just thought to myself, well, I'm passing out. I can't hold it anymore. I'm gonna, and I'm no. I'm just gonna continue throwing up. So I'm like, all right. All I can do is get on my side, so I don't choke on my, so I don't choke on my um, tongue. Oh and I just fucking put myself on my side and just, just threw up and just passed out you. and just yeah. And I just sat there yeah. and I woke up in a pile of my my spew, <sighs> at like six or seven a.m. or whatever. And I was like, oh my god. And I woke up cracking headache. Felt so sick. I woke up and I went inside, bought some water. I gave him some money. To say like I'm so sorry about this, fear. I'm, you know the kind of thing. getting this extra what had money. happened? They couldn't speak English. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? It just and then I got on the motorbike and rode back to the bike, and I had to sleep for like two days. Jesus. And oh man, it was fucking scary. But the whole that that, that whole thing, like okay, so we got scammed in Thailand, and then I got drugged, <laughs> oh and it was like the whole how's thing your about faith putting in it,
1: humanity at this point.
0: Well, that stage it wasn't, and you yeah. want to know the worst thing? What? So I had this girlfriend at the time I was with this girl for years right and I remember I got back in the morning and like I'd been out I'd got drugged I'd spent the most terrible fucking night yeah on this trying not to fucking die right and I was just trying to not choke on my like just, just and I was so sick Thursday. like I was so fucking yeah. sick from this right and I got back and I kind of get get my phone Um, get on the Wi-Fi and I try to call my girlfriend and say like something's happened and and, and, you know she didn't hear from me the night before so like she would have been worried or whatever and she answers and I try man now I feel like I'm putting it down but this is just a a thing that happens I suppose in relationships to judge it how you want but it's just like I call her like freaking out because of the night I've just had. Yeah. And she just takes it. I'm making an excuse up for having a big night. I'm just hung over. She's like whatever. No. Like just like pissed off at me that I was out all night and like probably like partying or whatever. And I'm like I was fucking drugged. These guys, she's like yeah, whatever.
1: <laughs> just like, doesn't <laughs> want to talk to me. No and I'm one's like, on your Fuck. side.
0: <laughs> so now I'm like, I'm in the doghouse. <laughs> I'm in the dog fucking doghouse dog well. for being out all night. I got fucking <laughs> drugged. Fuck
1: you in particular.
0: <laughs> I got fucking drugged and I didn't sort out our scamming situation.
1: Oh, so you're still, you're still scammed, still drugged, and in the doghouse. Mm,
0: and we still owe that money, that far Yeah, but, like, how but how good's living, though? But you know what? Um, I don't, like, <laughs> I think so I used suspicious. to, I had this, some friends of mine, um, friends of mine, some best mates of mine, they never locked their house. Oh. Never, right? And they never locked their house, and they're just like, yeah, whatever. And I was like, I never lock my stuff, right? Yeah. And I used to live with these people that as soon as you'd walk out the house, they would lock the door. Just, you, if I just walked out to get something out of my car and go to walk back in, the door would be locked. You'd be mm-hmm. like, um, hello, and they're like, come open the door. And, and so paranoid. And it's like, yeah, this bad stuff ha- happens. But like, more like me putting myself out there, way more amazing shit happens yeah. to me. It's like when hitchhiking. It's just like, yeah. It's like, yeah. I've got. I do so much silly stuff like that that yeah, there's bound. It's like my chances of getting things happen are obviously a lot higher but the thing is it's like the chances of like having these amazing experiences with people by putting yourself out there it's like you know like pulling the people over over today to help jump the bike it's just like you you, most of the time you're going to find genuine beautiful amazing people and it's like i still have faith in humanity but i've learned it's like i know like it's like i'm wary and i and it's like i've I'm better at reading. Your P-
1: instincts must be on, on point by now. I know this now. guy.
0: I know this guy um, from wait, Western Bar. Wait, remind me after
1: this. I have to interview you. I have to take oh, the wheel. Okay.
0: okay. Okay. Well, wait. Okay. Last story. Okay. No, I know this guy that um, lived over in Western Bar, and he's he's originally Australian, right? But he's a professional con artist. Huh. And he's a really nice guy, right? And it's pretty funny because I run into him all the time. But he was setting up fake mining licenses and selling them to villages in Indonesia. Saying like, and it was a, this big scam, and it's just like, I'm, I, I know he's, it's like you got to be careful around him, right? And I run into this guy all the time, and people like I always run into him at bars or at, at um at bands when I go see bands, and. People are always like, "Wow, oh, that guy's so nice. He's the coolest guy." Blah, blah blah. And I and I and I feel bad because I don't want to put people down, but I'm like, "Oh yeah, just be, be careful. He's a he's a con artist. Like he's known. Like current affair chased this guy around. Like he's a professional con, what, con what's artist. His, right? His name? I'm not saying it because oh, it's okay. just. But he, people go, no, that couldn't be. He's so nice. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Wait, is this Sydney. He's no, no, oh, no. Um, no. I'm like, of course he's nice. He's a professional con artist and a, he's selling. He's a salesman. He sells you something. He's making you trust him. And that's how he scams you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like I, I know the guy. I'm really nice to him and he's nice to me and we get along. But it's just like I, I really know in depth the stuff that he's done and, and he's a professional con artist. So that's how he makes his money. Well, and I have, it's a, so I have a question
1: for you then. If you – okay, as a solo traveler, especially as a girl – your radar or those instincts are way more heightened when you're travelling by yourself, especially as a girl. So my my question now is if you were in my shoes, you're a girl and you know, every every guy that you meet you have to not trust, essentially. And then you have to choose whether to trust them or not. How mm. how do you pick and choose? Like who who do you believe? Like how do you justify putting your faith in someone?
0: You know what? I consider myself, and I think I think everyone's just different. But and I think the people that know me really know this. It's um, I'm really good at psychology. It's like it's something that I really understand, that I'm really aware of, and I believe that I'm better, or I'm just more a lot more in tune with authenticity than a lot of other people. It's like I can see, I'm like I'm definitely a big observer with people. Yeah, so it's like I definitely. I'm a lot more open to... Like, I get... Of course, I get scammed and everything, too. I just told you stories where I've read it wrong, you know? Mm. But it's like, I think I've been in so many situations and how I grew up, like, the childhood that I had. It's like, I think I've learned a lot of how to read people.
1: Yeah, that's good. All, All right, right, so now I have to ask you some questions because as, as, a, as a hobby for me, I actually do exactly what you do, which is interview people and, and ask them about their story and how they came to be. And I usually do it for people that are in the business of sustainability for you know, example um, you know the the guy that um, gave me the boards inter- interview, interviewed them you know the professor of plastic interviewed her like so this is just I, I'm like you like I am froth on a good story um, so what I wanted to know is how did this come about how did this podcast come about for you because it kind of just started but yeah podcast is, is a bit left of centre so
0: um Okay, so for me, um, I was always one of those people that I'd have a friend. um, Let's say, like, okay, this is actually a perfect example. My mate Matt, and he's been on this podcast for the first original episodes. And he lives up in Brisbane, but I grew up with him. I'm really close friends with him, but I don't get to see him too much. And so when I go up to see him, he's always, like, he's got a lot of friends and a lot of group of friends that I've never met. So I'll be, like, a fifth, you know, I'm like an outsider coming in and he always and this is not just him an example always like brings me into a group by like trying to like say who I am or what I do and and he's always like hey tell them the story about when you're here or tell them the story about when you did that because I I know and I think most listeners know that I've lived a or live a very adventurous lifestyle compared to so it's like you're in, done the, that in the business of stories. And people are always like, you need to write this down. You need a diary. And I can't, but I have the personality to be able to talk because I'm a talker. So it just was like my mate offered to record it for me. He's like, can I record these stories? Because he does a podcast. He's like, can yeah, I record it? And yes. And then he was like, you know what? You need to. And I was like, I just thought it would be a great way to travel. It's like a great way for you to like meet people and add depth to your traveling and have the passion is like travel with plastic, like you know, like yeah. something meaningful. For me, it's a deeper purpose now. It's like when I travel, it's like I get to connect with people like you. You know, it's like yeah. I believe in what you're doing. So it's like I wanted to reach out with you. You wanted to reach out with me. And it's like, hey, come down. You're a traveler right now. You're traveling the east coast of Australia. stopping in at mine. We'll do a podcast. Let's learn about who you are, like what you're doing. Mm. You know what I mean? It just, It's interesting. Yeah. It works for me. It like literally, it's fun. I get to meet all these really cool people. And it's just like it's dominoed.
1: Yeah. All right. Next question. Um, when did you When did you fall in love with adventure? When did you become the I adventure I was just dude? was born
0: like that. <laughs> born, that no, way. I was just born like that. Yeah. Man, as a toddler, as a toddler, um, and it's so funny because my oldest stepsister and my mom, everyone's always joking about this because I would just go missing. <laughs> I'd always just walk off. I'm not scared. I always wanted to see, like, I always wanted to, like, I'd play games with, like, one day I'd, like, go... You know, as far as I can. And the next day I have to go see what's up past that. I always wanted to see what's around. Yeah. And I always talked to strangers. I never had stranger da- danger. I was just that little kid that just walked up and be like, <laughs> so Every what mother's nightmare. My... <laughs> what are you doing? Who are you? You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd just sit next to some old guy and just hear your story, like as some little kid. And like, I was just that. And then I remember like getting my bike as soon as I could ride a push bike and I'd just go exploring. I'd just call it exploring. I'd like literally ride my bike as far as I can away from my house in mm. different directions every day.
1: I think you're really lucky to grow up in that area where you could do that. I think a lot of city kids really, really miss out on a huge part of growing up.
0: I grew up on the Gold Coast. Yeah. It wasn't as big It's a city now. It definitely wasn't as big, but it's definitely not not like the life that I'm living right now. Well, where
1: you grow up makes a huge difference to who you are. But yeah, you're very lucky. All right, next question. Okay. Um, I think I asked you this one before, but what what was it about your first adventure, which was a, a round ticket or something? What was it that you kind of threw yourself into the deep end? First big trip out of home ever. It's not just the East Coast. It's another country. Like, oh, i was nervous. your? nervous. I started off yeah. as
0: a mate, Scotty. His dad run an exporting company out of yeah. Bali.
1: Because a year and a half round ticket is huge yeah. to just launch it. Well, I was like, into. if I was
0: going to do it, I was just going to do it. And I thought it. <laughs> to, to work into it, I wanted to live somewhere first, just to get yeah. used to being in a different culture and then take off. So... We, my mate Scotty had an exporting Wait, how company how old were you listening? I was 21 okay and my mate so I bought this around well okay so my mate Scotty had an exporting company um, in Bali and they had a villa they rent this villa in Senua and his dad isn't always there it's just more for like when their clients come and the, the people that they're selling stuff to can stay at so he was like Scott and I organized, he would be this part first part of my trip with me because I organized around the world, different mates were going to meet up with me or we're going to meet in different spots. But the, at the start was just to live in Indonesia or just live in Bali. So like, let's just go there for four or five months, just sit there. Scotty's got a villa there. He's going to come with us um, for the first few weeks and get us established, show us how everything works. You know what I mean? So Scotty came over with me to Bali because he lived there and he showed me how everything worked and he taught me a bit of the lingo. Just and then, quickly,
1: did you find yourself kind of ridding yourself of extra baggage? Like, did you end up just living with nothing? No. Yeah. At that like, beginning? At, or was that later Later in your travels? Like, you figured that out, that you needed to travel much lighter.
0: No, it's like, I knew I was going on a backpacking trip. Yeah. So, so. it's like, we we planned for that. That was the planning. It's like, okay, we're backpackers now. So, I packed for that. There's always stuff that you that you get rid of that you have too much and then yeah. there's always stuff that you need. Yeah. But it's like, so we went as backpack. One thing I did do did you pl- at the Did start, you plan any of it? No, like- I took eight surfboards to Bali at the start. <laughs> I'm like... Because I knew it was going to be in eight a villa, villa. surfboards. So it's like, oh, well... That's, that's just,
1: so extra. I
0: know. But then,
1: <laughs> One for every day of the week, you... Well, wow, it was a great transition That's because we,
0: we got into them, we, so in yeah. wow. we lived in So you took
1: everything. Yeah, man, we lived
0: in Sonua and we lived in Chungu, we lived in Batuba League yeah. before the Chungu Club was there. we was the only house in the rice before fields, Changu, man. Really? No, before that Chungu Club was there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of yeah, that. I man, one. I used to go down Didn't surf know, Echo Beach and they'd be like, no,
0: it was just insane. And now it's like just Villa Land. But, um, but I got to like experience and like get used to it, it as it was, like, a slow like, push into another culture. And then it was like, okay, now we're traveling. Nice, you know? and you and let then, go. And then we just let go, and that was just the backpack How on, a surfboard on the shoulder.
1: How long did it take before you finally just embraced that you needed the bare minimum? Pretty much straight away.
0: You know what? Really? It, you know what it was?
1: It's longer for others, though. Yeah,
0: you know what it was, right? So the hardest thing was that I'd been working so much saving for that trip, and the hardest thing was, was that learning and allowing myself to let go and just be in the now. It's like, because it was like, life was go, go, go. You have to be getting this done, blah. And then just going to a point where you can just enjoy life. Sitting in a hammock, like going for a surf and just chilling out, reading a book. It's like, wow, allowing yourself to do that. And it's like, that's what life became. It's like allowing yourself just to have fun and yeah. having a good time. So this is like this big quickly. lesson for me throughout my whole life. It's just like, I'd been like that, but this is really iterating. I was really living like that. And then... I remember I was in South America, like a year into the trip, right? We're backpacking up South America. My parents are renovating our family home on Palm Beach on the Gold Coast. My sister calls me and goes, Hey, we've got to throw stuff out of your room. We're renovating your room and stuff. Um, Mom's like, we need to throw some of this crap out. So she starts going through stuff and I'm going, Oh, I need that. No, don't need that. No, I need that. No, I need that. I need that. And then I, I just remember looking in the corner In the room, this is through Skype. I don't think I had a Facebook. Maybe I had a Facebook, but it's through Skype when I was... And I I remember looking at my bag in the corner and being like, fuck, this is all I've had for the last year and that's all I need. And I just said to her, I go, look, just throw out whatever you think I don't need. Wow. And just left it at that. And I got home and I still have no idea what she threw out. And then... I've gotten to the point now where learning how to travel and like living out of cars or like living out of backpacks or whatever, it's like you really learn to be a mineral no you just really learn what you need like I don't go without yeah. anything I've got heaps of crap but it's like I'll start renting a place somewhere or Like it, it lit- feels
1: freeing though doesn't it just to let yeah. go oh of God. everything when I start you getting too like many things you feel so like lighter like no problems but I did the same thing when I left Western Australia I gave all my furniture and all of my possessions basically all of my possessions to a girl that was living- moving into my room I was just like I just have it well, it's I don't I want it. to worry about it exactly anymore. Like, I can go back and I can do whatever I want because I don't have to worry about shit I and remember it's it like it makes you a lighter human being
0: we're living in this house in brunswick heads on south golden beaches near byron and um so when i moved into the Troopy, actually we were selling up all our stuff i like we're living and we're about to move like we're going to go on a, an adventure and um we're going to tr- take my Troopy around australia and i just remember before that being so clustered that i had so many things like, i just accumulated all this stuff in this house that we're living at i'm like whoa and then we started selling it all off. And I just remember yeah. the freedom of just getting rid of everything. I'm oh, Well, that's don't what have to worry about like. that. It's just like ge- getting away the layers so light. of life. Do you
1: know what that kind of feels like? That is exactly what I preach every day is like, you don't need to consume more. You need to have less waste. And that's kind of like, that's the, that's the point of like a book that I'm writing at the moment is, yes, a different perspective can change the way you view things. But once you start actually accepting it, once you start accepting that this is your life and you don't need anything else, you start... Consuming less and producing zero waste and you're too focused on that to really give a shit about anything else and you become a happier human being.
0: What would you say the easiest thing to for someone just to change in their everyday to day life? The easiest thing
1: to start with one habit, the straw that I gave you. A straw. One habit a day. What about just a water Bring, bottle? Just the it is. And then it's like it's, like, like, it's like the cupboard. You just you open it, it falls into it, and you're like, Well I need to change everything that I do and you, and it's easy. Are there any simple There's things DIL that you're DIL like,
0: with. Well, that was easy like yeah. as in like like this water bottle here for it was a massive thing i take a is it aluminium i take yeah. this water bottle around everywhere with me when i travel yeah and it's like i yeah, never have to buy one. a water i just refill it the amount of plastic that must save but yeah. that's so simple and it's easy for me because now i've always got a nice heart like water bottle
1: yeah all right well, well this is the last thing that we're going to talk about you in one of your podcasts um said that you're like oh i'm looking for a way to like take this on the road and properly fund it And, like, in my head, I'm, like, I'm always thinking about advertising um, opportunities because it's just kind of what I learned and um, ethical opportunities, of course. Um, This is just something I see in my day-to-day, you know, social media life. Like, I'm always looking for ideas. um, And it sparked that – when you asked that question, I was, like, what can I I give people? What can I – you know sell to people to support the podcast that people would actually really want and would represent um what i'm all about and i i had this light bulb moment i was like mate your your show is called your podcast is called diaries of the wild one produce a diary that allows people to have their planning at the beginning you know how make make them you know feel like they need all this stuff um well not make them feel but like have have the Lists. have everything that they have, need. Have everything they need in the beginning that they can so write in, about, plan okay. it, where to go, what you're going to do, what you're going to see, recommendations, like just lists of things that they can you know refer back wait, to. Do you
0: mean like a travel diary? A travel diary. But it has a trip planner in it. It has a like trip have like a budget thing. You can have a budget have like thing. thing. Like yeah. everything, because that's the funnest part with just planning your trip too. I, I
1: agree. I think I had the most fun planning the trip. But then what we were talking about before is like maybe a year or a month into your trip, you just started letting go. And I was like, imagine if the diary forced people to let go. Throughout the diary there becomes less and less lists, becomes less and less places to write what you need. And by the end of the book it's just blank pages. You're just being in the now. You just being in there and you can write whatever you want. Yeah and you
0: you could have you can you have, you can have like little just quotes. On. It. You can have little co- yeah. quotes like let the no, no, let no.
1: every that's what I said. Every ten pages have a picture of the people you've interviewed and the most inspiring parts from it so they can get more and more inspired throughout the day like
0: little things on the bottom like traveling yeah. like let i love this i made it so yeah. i love it, I love okay. it. I've, I've said it before just, is it allow
1: me. yourself because you yeah, say allow. that a lot yeah
0: just allow yourself to do it yeah it's just i you know what i say a lot too it's like well that's not my story when someone is like doing something or like negative or drama or anything or this shit just doesn't matter, I'm yeah. like, well, that's not my story. That's their story. I don't <laughs> have to fucking take that on. I don't care. Okay.
1: So no, but the question like, is... Um, no,
0: okay. You can have stuff like let the experience take you traveling, like written yeah. on one page or like another page. It's you could have like like these are the best push. moments of your a life. A gentle
1: push in the right direction for new... This is probably for new and old travelers, yeah. but mostly for new people that are listening to this maybe who are nine to five who are kind of connecting with what we're saying and they've been wanting to do a big fuck off journey around Australia their entire life and this is the moment they go out and they buy this they buy a diary like this and they start planning it and you are 70% more likely to do things that are on a list than if they're just in your head
0: oh because it'd be a great motivator for someone yeah Oh, that is because good feel people wait. feel more. So like to do? Safer
1: when something is planned.
0: What would I have to do? Like, so I'd have to like plan it, get a diary you, made up.
1: Yeah, you just slap it on recycled paper. Put one percent for the planet at the back, so that you know you're donating one percent of the profits because that's what all of the sustainable companies kind of do. Um, and yeah, just have it have it designed. Go go through it's something that I'll
0: be so passionate about. Okay, for one year. Okay, you're giving. You're providing something for someone which can enhance their travel experience. Yeah, I
1: see so many people with journals in hostels. You know what I I do do see as well. I I see
0: a lot of people travelling but not getting the most out of the travels. And I understand each their own. But people that like get nervous about things or don't or can't like go into the fear. It's like I've. You know, are really scared to like
1: Well, this is that baby step. This is that little h hand holdy mm. that they might need to quit their nine to five and just go and start living in the moment. Just live life, which is what we've learnt and we're so we're happy. Like I, mm. I could say I'm ha- actually happy with my life because I've done I've yeah. started this journey and, and Wait, even it, if you're anyone happy with, with your life.
0: It. Even if you're happy with your life it's a great tool to use yeah. man I'm gonna get oh okay what I'll do, do I'll do one for myself and I'm gonna use it see okay. how it is iron out the creases hey if you guys that are listening to this think that's a great idea making a travel diary Diaries of the Wild Ones travel diary that has like a whole trip planner in it, it has like your budget and, and like, everything Like slowly fades away yeah and it has like a yeah it gets you to, you to be a little bit more in the now and that oh I could have a world map in it on the start <gasps> you can, you can mark where you've been and stuff
1: that's so white girl but okay no but it's still sick <laughs> yeah it's sick though <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't have anything like that. I should have. What I used to do is collect a coin and a note from every country nice. and a little souvenir, and I haven't done that for years. All I have now, I've got two passports. <laughs> I just have the stamps. It's just like, you know. Yeah.
1: But that, that's what you've let go of. It's just when you get to the end of the diary, it's like, what do you really need? in this book that you can't get from you know, looking up and really just cool. seeing what's in front of you and just I've, living your life with the person next to having you having
0: you. their appreciation and appreciating for the people that came into your life yeah, throughout that trip it's like hopesom. you know i was saying like there's been people that i've met around the world there's this one indian guy that i met when i was doing the and the silent meditation and him and i i didn't talk to him we couldn't talk but him and i just locked eyes and we will just bros and I didn't talk to him for 10, 12 days or whatever. And then the last day when you're allowed to talk, we went and talked. And he was just, he was just my brother straight up. Him and oh, I were just awesome. mates. We just understood each other. And he ended up um, coming and picking me up and taking me out to dinner and s- meeting his family. And then um, he took me to the airport. It's actually pretty funny because he dropped me off at the wrong airport, and I was already late because we got caught in traffic. And well, I, I got dropped me off. He reason. drove off, and I've got my surfboard bags, and then and I'm like, oh my god, yeah, get eight surfboards. And, I, and by I, asked, this point. I asked the security guard where my gate was. Yeah, and he's like, um, and he's like, yeah, it's up, like it's two k's away at the next airport. I'm like, oh my god! So I just picked my board and I just ran. I just had to run. I just started running.
1: Okay. Um yeah okay well, let's That's do it. it
0: it's been an hour and 46 minutes hey thank you for coming on thank you for being you it's been a pleasure thank you for doing what you're doing wait how do how do people see what you're doing
1: oh um well if you want to jump onto instagram my <laughs> instagram handle is bondi.binchicken um, bin Chicken because you're collecting garbage because I live in bondi and I love trash so I am the bondi Bin Chicken. Nice. <laughs> yeah, check it out,
0: and and, and you've got and, heaps of photos there showing yeah, all the and, garbage and that you've out, collected. Check
1: out all the all the companies that um are, um, are in my buy because they're doing a really really amazing shit, and all the all the products I, I know them all personally, and they're all amazing people. And if you're going to start you, this journey and this this life into changing and becoming more um you know more well-rounded and caring about the environment, then you know it starts with maybe a straw.
0: Hey, but you know this. It's just as simple as this. It's like we're in life we want to live life more efficiently yeah. and it's just like to live life more efficiently is helping or, try, or just having less of an impact than like yeah. it's just minimizing our impact that's more efficient that's going to be yeah. more efficient <laughs> for the planet it's <laughs> like literally be more efficient. less,
1: less thing, like the, le- the least the more less do you think like, no people should buy like, bulk to
0: foods and take their containers I reckon when yeah, I lived that, in Canada we had this bulk, yeah. bulk barn bulk buy and it was so cheap and you just took yeah, your containers no cheap, in there.
1: No, like, the, when there becomes more demand for it, it will become cheaper. Yeah. But, but it was more like people, a big change. More people have to, yeah. yeah. I mean, more people have to do, have to say to these big companies. And it started, actually, we're seeing some of the, the biggest changes in companies listening to their um, to their consumers. You know, Colgate came out with a, a completely plastic-free toothbrush. Yeah. Um, uh, uh Coca-Cola is making all of their recycled bo- um, bottles in Australia now out of recycled plastic and they're even going to build or they're planning to build the first proper recycling plant in Australia and that's just from a couple of people campaigning you know like this is what we're fighting on your beach cuz Coca-Cola is the number one polluter in the world you know Greenpeace that hit me up yesterday to help them out you know you know Sea Shepherd like these are all companies that if you want to start to wake up and you know really give a shit just look at what other people are doing. Look at all these companies and just just meet people. Just reach out and just start. Do you... Oh,
0: wow. <laughs> no, it's just amazing. I was just like... Yeah. Just think, were you blown away by how much garbage you, that you actually see on Australian beaches and just by looking at it like I was saying like when I was actually looking at the beach you see so much garbage yeah. and it's building it's, and it's always like, more than you think and if you've been to Indonesia we don't want it to turn out like I don't that. want to talk about it you know what I, I mean it's, but it's it. like are you surprised at how much maybe th- this is just a good thing if people listen to this it's just like one good thing they might take from this is just
1: go and pick just, up some trash what, it's, it's just, just even observing it. it
0: just now like when you're down the beach yeah, have just a look be have present. a look at the tideline and listen. have a look and go whoa just
1: sit down wherever you are and just close your eyes and just connect to the to the earth because you are you were once stardust that made of the exact same materials that the earth and, the, and all the animals around you you're all made of the same stuff so you've got to take care of it like this is why I have this tattooed on my arm it's like the land owns us which is a really powerful <sighs> aboriginal message that You know, you can't be selfish. If you look after the land, it'll look after you and it will support you and it'll give you everything that you need. You just need to love your country. And that means cleaning up a beach maybe. Yeah. Wow, what a great message. My my heart is so, like, full and warm right now. Just talking about this stuff because, uh, like, like, so many people are going to be like, fuck
0: yeah. I just love when I see people doing this too. <laughs> I always want to hug them you and know? stuff. It's just like,
1: oh, do you know how many people come up to me and say thank you for doing what you're doing? And I like walk away nearly in tears because I'm like, oh my god, that was so nice. Yeah, when you're walking down the just beach with like garbage bags and, and picking up garbage, like, is there think, a lot of. Fuck yeah. Like, I tell people all the time, I see other people do it, I run up to them and be like, you're picking up plastic me too. I'm just like, hug it out. Pat their dog and they'll like, keep walking. So it's really, really wholesome, wholesome way. Yeah. It's also a, way, a really good way to impress girls. Is there <laughs> any guys out there? Like I can guarantee you, go on a date and pick up three pieces of rubbish on your date. She will bang you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oi, you, you do work in advertising. You're I do. You're a great marketer I
1: do. I, um, I know how to talk. We both know how to talk. We should really. I yeah. need. To, I think I need to catch a bus soon. Yeah. Okay. Let's <laughs> okay. Let's go. <laughs> okay. All right, right. Thanks Thanks for coming.
0: No thanks worries. for picking up garbage. Keep yeah. doing it. Other people. If they. If you want to do it. Many hands make light work. Many hands <laughs> make light work. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Billions of people. <laughs> <All
0: right.
1: laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>
0: So if you like this episode please feel free to share it and leave a rating. And if you have or know of anyone with a wild story, please get in contact with me through my Instagram Aaron Shanks, or the website diariesofthewildones.com because I'd love to sit down over a beer or a coffee and hear it. Just <laughs> say
1: Jari apa? Jari cinta. Jari apa? Jari cewek perjuangan baru di sini. Jari apa? Jari apa? Jari apa? Cinta perjuangan baru di sini.
0: I should do a tap for there. Yeah. Putu baru di sini. Yeah, I do it like a double.